Christine? Are you all right? Do you see it? See what? There's someone behind the door. What? There's someone standing over there. I, I don't see anyone. It's looking right at us. Episode 235, welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where today we conjure up an old voice from weeks past and get spirited in... We got the ghost clap. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not again. And, and the only cure is a ghost shot in the ass. Ooh. <laughs> we call that the phantom peg. <laughs> or the... Or the, the Pegstergeist? I don't know. I feel like that would be like a a term in woodworking. The phantom peg. Phantom peg. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, guys? I am Mike. (laughs) Let's transition. I'm Jim. And uh, in the hot seat properly this week, for the third time in a row, which I think this is the first time we've ever had somebody on three shows in a row. Hi, I'm Vito. Yes. (laughs) Vito. They've put me back in my place. How many weeks were you out when you had your nose surgery? Two. Oh, it was just Dose. two. Okay. Yep. Right on, right on. And then I came back the third week saying, I'm perfectly fine. And the second that I started talking to Jay, my nose started bleeding. So hopefully, <laughs> oh, so hopefully my hopefully my my throat doesn't start bleeding uh, today. That would be less than preferable. Hopefully you don't start coughing up all the jizz that put you out of business in the first place. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, they pumped my stomach, so there shouldn't be anything left. Yeah, but you were aspirating it. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just inhaling jizz. <laughs> oh, we're off to a good uh, start, it's good boys. To, it's good to be back. Welcome back, oh, Michael. We fuck. we missed you. Yeah, I, know you I mean, I was still in fairness. In fairness, I was still here. You know, it wasn't like I was gone completely. Yeah, but we could you know, ignore when, you easily. So yeah, Ex- oh, exactly. Yeah, when you, you know, can't in, talk, in the other it's... weeks. In the other weeks, when I had my nose surgery, I was actually physically gone. wasn't in the studio. Nothing. This last you, last couple of weeks I was here. Why were you physically gone? Because I was laid up after surgery. I mean, okay. <laughs> were you were you super? I, I don't. I can't. I really can't remember back that far. Were you super laid up? Like you really oh, yeah. couldn't. You really couldn't go anywhere. Oh, my whole face was was stuffed, filled with gauze and grossness after no surgery. Did you look like the chick from Goodnight Mommy? Um, no. Luckily, luckily not. But internally, yes. It was like I had two like. Tiny peckers just shoved up my nose, each, each nostril. So <laughs> Friday, basically Friday night. Yeah, Friday. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was laid up for that one, but um, it um, it's it's weird listening back to the shows for the last couple weeks because, um, dare I say, 
they're better. <laughs> oh, thank you. They really are uh, better. Maybe that's because I hate my own voice, and so not having to hear my own voice. Well, I know, think everyone makes it better. But universally hates your voice. Yeah, that's probably true. It's, it's pretty well known at this point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lend, I'm gonna lend that entirely to Vito. <laughs> it was just, it was good to have somebody on the show who finally knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I'll take you it. And I, uh, <laughs> you and I, just, you and I, just fake our way through everything. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of fun. So thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for what being you, here. What are you? What are you doing from every week on now? <laughs> hey, we can play it by ear. Yeah. Hey, do you want to never have? We'll it, do you do you want to never have a free Friday ever again? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a blast, and the ladies love it. <laughs> Actually, my lady loves it because then I don't get mad when she goes to bed at eight o'clock. It's a win-win. I mean, that's kind of been your whole life, though, hasn't it? Uh, more so during the pandemic, you know, because she's just fucking burnt out, understandably. But yeah, she's she's always been kind of an early sleeper, and I'm a night owl. I actually yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> I actually found out uh, that there's a psychological, there's a like a um, I don't want to call it a syndrome, like a there's a definition for what I do, and it's called revenge sleep procrastination. Revenge Did I... sleep procrastination Re- revenge sleep procrastination and the the revenge is not like i'm not getting my revenge on somebody it's actually so people who do this they're uh it's like they're getting revenge on the hours during the day where they feel like they don't have any free time so they stay up at night needlessly like even if they don't have a reason to stay up Mm-hmm. They just stay up for hours and hours and hours because they feel like that's their time to be able to do whatever they want. Oh, because during the day you weren't able to. <clears throat> right. And that kind of describes me perfectly. And it's it's not. It's <laughs> Most of the time it's people who have like high stress jobs, which I don't, obviously. But <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of my day consists of, you know, taking taking care of my kids or carting them around and you know, the doing sink stuff around constantly the house. Constantly breaking. <laughs> the wait, wait, sink, wait, wait. the not, sink breaking all of the time. Yeah. Let's not let's not uh, pretend this isn't something. It's let not me, that you don't let have me, a high let stage me job. Pre, let me preemptively say, "Fuck you, Mike." <laughs> I know what you're about to say, and you can just fuck off. <laughs> so no, I I know that I don't have a high stress job because I don't have a job at all, Mike. Um, but, but are uh, you an, are you an introvert? <sighs> I don't I don't know what I would dis- describe myself as. Like I'm co- I'm totally comfortable. I could go a month without seeing another human being and without saying a word and I'd be totally happy and fine with that. Sounds like you're an uh, introvert. <laughs> but I but I also really like being around my friends, so you know. But you just, need your me time. I it's I don't really need it though. I'm <laughs> I don't think I'm an introvert or an extrovert. I'm just a I'm well, just you can be tra- both. You can be a bit I'm just, both. I'm just a travert. What is it? Is there, there's a, there's a new term that I heard recently. It's like, it's like, it's like a term for like people. It, 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 is it, it revenge came... sleep procrastination? Because that no. one's new to me. <laughs> no, no. It, it was a term that like it, it was recently coined, probably on Twitter or something, and people are calling themselves this thing. It's like. I'm a I'm an extrovert, but I need my me time every once in a while, and it's like, yeah, that's fucking everybody. But they called it a new thing, and I'm like, you're just trying to be you're trying to be a thing. Like you want to be special. You're you know you're not an introvert, and you know you're not specifically an extrovert. 
So you're just trying to make up a title for yourself because you want to feel special. Yeah, it's like all those bisexuals. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> those, those sons of bitches. Just for the record, I'm completely joking. We, <laughs> I don't know how that sounded? No, no, Maybe no. Maybe I shouldn't we, have treaded there. No, we all we all know we all know what you were what you actually meant. You fucking bigot, <laughs> bigot. Uh, anyway, what have you guys been up to? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, hanging low, hanging low. Um, not, a, not, a made some, a, not a heck of a whole lot. Made some uh, camping reservations for a week and a half from now. It, so in, in, in where? In, what, ta- what town? <laughs> in <Talos>. where? <laughs> it's in Taos. <laughs> Mike, I know that you've been out of California, or you've been out of Michigan for a long time. Will you say the name of that town? T-A-W-A-S. T-A-W-A-S. Tawas? Yeah, he says it like you. Yeah, because that's the correct fucking way of saying it. How do you it? say no, it? No, there's no... It's Tawas. Him and, him, and, Tawas. him and my girlfriend both say Ta- Tawas. It's not, to- it's not Tawas. It's Tawas. No, it's Tawas. not. It's Tawas. No, I'm not... No, I'm oh. not saying that's... No, Mike, I'm not saying that that's what it is. He just said, oh, you say Tawas. I said, no, I don't say Tawas. I say Tawas. I think but it's because we just like Star Wars so much and Jawas. Maybe, maybe I'm just yeah. maybe Jawas, I'm just better towers. at maybe I'm just better at nerd culture than you are, Mike. <laughs> says, consider says, that says the guy that has not seen all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, going camping in like a week and a half that should be kind of fun. Um, it's uh, highs are going to be in the mid 60s, so it means at night it's going to be cold as fucking balls, and we're going to be in a tent, so. That I should think, be fun. I think it'll be fine. You've camped in the cold before, haven't you? Oh, wait. Yeah, Every time you've camped in the cold, cold you got hypothermia. I, that's true. I have <laughs> twice. That's uh, very true. But um, never no, camp that should alone. be fun. That's the only uh yeah. That's the only new thing I have going on, unfortunately. I'm just kind of hanging out and trying to you know, heal myself up. Trying to get rid of that old hematoma. The old hemo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that a hematoma on your vocal cords, or are you just a dumb asshole who doesn't know how gravity works? How's that for a pickup line? <laughs> the show is so much better now that I'm back. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, well, n- now I, now I can. I didn't feel. I didn't like even with you watching for the past couple of weeks. I didn't feel very good about making fun of you because you couldn't. Um, it was still like doing it behind your back, you know. Even though even, I was right, in front even of you. though you're watching. <laughs> now you're back. I can just talk shit about you all night if yeah. I want to. That's fair. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Anything new? Uh, I saw the new Mortal Kombat, and we uh, hung out with some friends, did a Mortal Kombat tournament, and so that was a lot of fun. Dang. Have you guys seen it yet? No. Mm, no. It might be on the books for an upcoming. Oh. Maybe. Ma- spoilers. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, I won't you say heard? anything. You heard it here first, folks. All one of you. Because you're not going to hear it anywhere else. <laughs> That's right. Literally nobody else is talking about the Buzzkill podcast, except for the Buzzkill podcast. <clears throat> but I, yeah, we had a really, really fun time. So, Well then, since we're a whole bunch of boring people. Yeah. You don't even have to ask me what I've been up to, because nope. it's, not, it's not shit. It's not shit. Literally, I've done nothing. My life is a sham. Uh, see yeah, the new Mortal Kombat movie. Not yet. I have Jeez. to. I have to. I have to watch it after I watch the uh, the old ones first. Have you not seen those? 
Yes, I've I've seen oh. those, but like I feel okay. like I feel like to watch the new one, you have to rewatch the old ones. No, that's yep. fair. Yeah. Yep. And 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 just you know, if we're doing Mortal Kombat movies next week, just that's a hard old, if. Just a big old if. I think I'm definitely going to watch the Mortal Kombat Legacy series that aired a couple of years ago. Oh. Just just to kind of fully round out my my Mortal Kombat live action <clears throat> viewing experience. It was a TV show. Uh, it was a web series. Oh, okay. They had like Michael Jai White was in it. The uh, guy that played Shang Soon from the first two movies came back as Shang Soon. Oh, no way. Um, I don't yeah, know there's, about there's a bunch, this. There's a bunch of other people in it, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Michael, you... Michael Jai White plays Jax, and he's awesome. Oh, awesome. that'd yeah. be rad. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. I want to see remember, this. <laughs> do you remember that show on Saturday mornings where it was uh, It was like a live action? Yeah, it was Mortal Kombat Conquest. Yeah. Where so they bad. where they would it it, so where they bad. would play out like they would play out the actual fights, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it yeah, was that show, terrible. It was, but back then it was cool. Back when we were kids and we thought it was rad, yeah, it was, was pretty it, cool. Yeah, was it though? Yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a it was about as cool as anything else we watched on Saturday mornings, like Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs. Did, did wow. you ever watch Beetleborgs? Wow. Yeah, I haven't heard or, that. Or in a long VR time, Troopers. Though. VR troopers. Oh man, yeah. those were those were so cool. Damn, dude. I don't <laughs> think I watched those, but I those always some, saw the commercials. <laughs> those are some deep cuts. Those uh, are like right. the those are like the full moon versions of of cooler things. <laughs> of Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are like the type of shows that you're just waiting for it to finish so you can watch what you came to watch. <laughs> like, all right, finish already. Those are the ones. Yep, those are much. the ones that started the block at like five thirty in the morning. <laughs> you're like you're, when you're 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 just like not invested at all. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, speaking of being not invested in things, I quit. Oh, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Let's get into some corrections. Um, okay, so uh, that obvious sound means, uh, hey, we don't have any corrections. Mostly Correction! Because... I'm back! God damn it, you bitch! It. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, as far as last week's episode go, that was kind of correcting on the fly. So pretty much anything that would have been a correction this week, we uh, got in real time. Really turned so out to be Mike's uh, most most beneficial role on this show in the past five years, was correcting, Dude, listen, if... correcting me and Vito on the fly and staying completely silent. <laughs> If you guys want to take over the sh- if you guys want to take over the show and and I'll be like producer, that's fine by me. <clears throat> well, that's let's put it up to a vote to the listeners. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 um, then I'm, a, I'm out of a wait, job if that's wait, the case. Wait, correction, or, correction on the fly, listener, just listener, <laughs> just the one. Right, Josh, uh, tell us what you think. <laughs> All right, uh, so no uh, corrections then, James. Tell yes. uh, tell the good people what we're doing. All right, so. This week we decided to. I think we're going to make this a thing. We might make this. We might uh, explore the whole James Wanaverse mm. from this point forward. So we began, of course, at the beginning where you always, always should begin with The Conjuring and The Conjuring Two. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Mike, uh, <laughs> I asked Mike at what time. Was it nine oh five? Something like that. Nine thirty, something like that. Like five minutes before we were supposed to meet. (laughs) I said, "Hey, did you pick up a beer for tonight?" And he just goes, "Oh fuck!" (laughs) So uh, I was going out to get a bag of ice anyway. So I ran out, and our our uh, our place at the corner was closed already for some freaking reason. 
Uh, because it's Sunday night at 9.30 at night. How about that? I don't know. I thought they closed at 10. I it's a they were Sunday. To... Nothing's open late on Sundays. People still people still got to drink on Sunday, Mike. This ain't yeah, that's, Utah. That's why you have, have 7-Eleven <laughs> next door to get the cheap beer what are to we, drink on of, a work night. What is this? Fucking Toledo, Ohio? Dry County <laughs> bullshit? <laughs> God. Listen, I'm, By I'm the sure way, as if, as, if, as if Ohio didn't already suck enough. <laughs> Toledo is a dry county. You have to go to this weird little kiosk in the middle of fucking Kroger in Kroger to buy to buy your alcohol from some some miser who's in there <laughs> guarding all the fucking liquor. Like, go to hell, Toledo. Seriously, it's like we just nice get nice drunk zoo and though. Walk around in public. Come on, nice zoo though. Love the zoo. Um. <laughs> so anyway, I ran out. I ended up having to go to Meyer. They have a pretty limited selection, so. I found this. I think it works pretty well. It's called uh, Hell or High Pomegranate. So Hell, obviously, or High, because, you know, these movies are both about going to hell and getting high. High on life. I I think maybe you watched the wrong movies. (laughs) Oh, did we not watch... The ginger uh, dead man? Harold no, the... and Kumar call the conjuring? No, what's that fucking... <laughs> evil <ghost>? Bong? <laughs> Eve, yeah, Evil yeah. Bong. That's, that's what I was trying to pull out. So this is uh, Hell or High Pomegranate from 21st Amendment Brewery. Beer brewed with pomegranate and natural flavor. It's a seasonal release. It's a 4.9 percenter. It's got uh, Lady Liberty sitting on top of <laughs> the San Francisco Bridge. Oh, so this connects us to Vito in a way because it's got oh. the California feel out there. Uh, she's sitting on top of the San Francisco or the uh, Golden Golden Gate Bridge. Um, yep. She she Golden. actually might be taking a dump on the bridge. She might be if, taking if you a look dump. at it. <laughs> oh yeah, because there's some splashing going on around around her feet. <laughs> so she's taking a dump on the Golden Gate, which actually would that makes even more sense because all the poop in San Francisco. Oh, that's um, true. So Lady Liberty is taking a dump on the Golden Gate Bridge while also uh, just just fisting a fucking pomegranate. Like, that's not the way to eat a pomegranate, but she's doing speaking it anyway. Of, speaking of fisting, if you, uh, if you look at Lady Liberty's neck, yeah. does it not look like there's somebody just squeezing a potato right on her neck? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on here? You can see that? Yeah, it, it's squeezing oh. a yam. Yeah, it looks like squeezing yeah. a yam in particular. Yeah, they, that neck is very discolored. We are really picking like apart. <laughs> we are really picking apart the label. Yeah, on and this the beer. funny thing is, I could have picked this beer up because I do have it in stores. Oh, do you? around me. <laughs> um, and, and look at her. Look at her left arm. Her left yeah. arm looks like it's coming directly out of the center of her body. Well, it's, she's got her elbow rested on her knee. Like where else? Is? Where else would you put you, your? You are that's where you put your elbows. That's where, that's where you put your elbows when you're taking a shit. I like the idea <laughs> that Lady Liberty just has an arm coming out of the middle of her belly. That that that's just better for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let me read the description here. Lady Liberty stands tall and regal, welcoming the brisk sting of winter and its traditions, reflected in what we eat, drink, and enjoy. A refreshing beer brewed with real pomegranate juice for fruity and slightly tart notes that meld with soft malt and biscuit flavors. Perfect for perfect for a bracing winter day. You know, when I think of pomegranate, I don't think of winter. No, no. not know? at all. Pomegranate seems like more of a summer fruit. 
Yeah, totally. Well, well anyway, I, um, what, are you, uh, what are you drinking, Vito? Yeah, I did not get that, but I did get something else from Epic Brewing Company. I got Chasing Ghosts. Oh, we could have gotten that here, too. We have it. We do, yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, we had yeah, that on the really? show. Uh, we, yeah, we've oh, actually, actually, we did we've actually that had show. that on the show. I can't remember You've, what episode. What? Yep. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't. Some, somebody doesn't <laughs> listen to our show. Yeah, way to listen yes. to our show. And memorize every talk. beer you've drank. <laughs> I, I actually do. do. Keep a spreadsheet the way that I do. <laughs> you can send me your spreadsheet then. Um, do you? Since you've already read this, do you want me to <laughs> read it again? Yes, we do. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Because i got to finish so, this uh, sequench that I have in my glass so that I can pour my pomegranate beer here. All right. Striving to make the best beer in the world can be a long and lonely trail to blaze. It is with passion that we chase something that can never be caught. Chasing ghosts, this double dry hopped, double hazy, double New England style IPA is one of our favorites to drink along the way on this endless journey. Happy happy trail, friends. It's the old double, double, double. Yeah, there's a lot of doubles in that. Go to Tim Hortons and ask for the triple double. Ooh. Yeah, double what dry hop, double gonna, hazy IPA. You're gonna like what you get. I mean, is that is that an actual real thing? The triple double? No, but I'm gonna. You go. should order that. You should order. I'm that gonna order then, it and see what they give me. Yeah, I'm saying. And then when they ask you what it is, you just say dealer's choice. That way, it's like it's a. Oh it's, shit! It's, it's a surprise every single time. By the way, that's a fucking baller move. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, I'll take the triple double. What is that? Dealer's choice, baby. <laughs> it's whatever, whatever you want. Spin Three the chamber. Spin another. the chamber, Boris. <laughs> Fucking spin the chamber. <laughs> All right, let's All right. crack these. Oh, cracked it. <clears throat> mm. I gotta let's see. Mm. By the way, if you if y'all out there who are listening have never had sequench from Dogfish Head, oh, it's so good. Fucking delicious. Oh, I, we have that too. It's it's in my top three favorite <laughs> sours. Oh, totally. Honestly. Totally. Nice. It's really good. Uh, it's those black limes. I don't even know what a black lime is, but... Sounds racist. Oh, it is tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. You ready to give this a try? Yep. Oh, it smells very... So, <laughs> the fake pomegranate flavor, mm-hmm. like like when you get a five-hour energy that's got that that fake pomegranate flavoring, not my favorite flavor profile. No, it's like fake banana. Yeah, like regular banana is delicious. Fake yeah. banana, get the fuck out of here. It's right, disgusting. exactly. So, all right, cheers. But right, I think cheers. this is fresh pomegranate juice. So we'll see how it goes. Hmm. Oh, that's delightful. That's actually quite nice. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, Ooh. how's it, Mike? It's good. Strong for you. Is it uh, how on a, on a on a scale of one to uh, ten? How syrupy is it? Because you've been on a bit of a syrupy <laughs> beer kick. It's uh, one. <laughs> yeah, this is not a stout, so I'm happy. <laughs> no, this is very good. It's very hoppy on the back end. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> now you're in my domain. Yeah, you stole one, yep. of Mike's, stole one of Mike's things, you son of a Who bitch. doesn't listen to this show? Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. All right, uh, back into the bleed feed here. A uh, little, uh, it's 
it's a light on news this week, actually, guys. Which is uh, pretty good for me because I don't have to talk as much. Hey. So this is this is good stuff all around. Go, go you. Go me, right? Go and you, hey, fella. nobody, nobody died. Nobody in the entire Crazy. world. Crazy. Crazy. No one awesome. that we care about. Nobody. <laughs> oh, no, no, nobody in the world. Nope. Nobody in the world died. That's yeah. That's that's just nuts. Yeah. So so Mike, your, don't care your comment your comment that could have been misconstrued <laughs> as assholery. <laughs> just turns out it's fine because literally nobody we cared about died. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's see here. Uh, getting into our first bit here. Uh, it looks like Lionsgate is looking to bring a couple of its properties to the small screen. Uh, and uh, they're actually, this uh, couple of properties are pretty heavy hitters. Uh, firstly, uh, currently in development is an American Psycho series, uh, which aims to bring Patrick really? Bateman back to uh, screens, but this time home screens everywhere. Uh, there's no word on a timeline uh, for the project, but it is in active development, which is pretty awesome and then uh, another franchise being looked at for a potential series run uh is going to be a show that is and james you're going to be excited about this mike not so much a show set in the saw universe which i think is Hmm. perfect the way that the storytelling in the saw movies is laid out it's, it's it lends itself to episodic type you know formats and having one season connecting with another season down the line and all this crazy shit if it you know were it to go that long. Right. Um I think it's perfect though. And it's having kind of like <clears throat> Dexter meets Lost. Yeah, kind of or well, something. And, well, and also when you say set in the saw universe, like that could mean any number of things. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't it necessarily could. have to revolve around Jigsaw and his and his antics. Well, like, no, just like just like Spiral from the Book of Saw, I don't believe is. I think that like the the original run is inspiration for whatever is coming up in this movie, and it all mm-hmm. takes place in the same world. Mm-hmm. But I think they're getting away from like Jigsaw as a main character, right? So you know, we'll see how that movie plays out, and if it does, if that movie does really well, I can't imagine the series not getting maybe not fast tracked, but definitely you know more umph behind it. You know? Yeah. Speaking of Jigsaw, I watched The Firm yesterday. Uh, I had never seen. Oh yeah, I had never seen it before. It's really good. Um, yeah, it is. But Tobin Bell is in it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love good. when he pops up and stuff. Like he's got he's got this this huge quaff of long blonde hair, and he looks <laughs> fucking ridiculous, dude. He's like a hitman, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen it before? <laughs> Have you seen yeah. that movie? It's really yeah. good. I like it a lot. It um, is really good. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Is is that the movie that's about a firm? Uh, it is about. The yeah. firm, actually, oh, the not firm. just yeah, not the, just off. It's firm. what Tom the Cruise firm. calls his penis. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's it's the firm. Why are you being so glib? <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking to a fan recently in some sort of online video chat, I'm not quite sure where this originated at, but uh, Finn Wolfhard gave an update as to uh, when we can expect a Stranger Things season four premiere. Oh. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's coming this year. Oh uh, he uh, he basically let it slip that uh, they're hoping to get it released sometime in 2022. So okay. this gap between season three and season four is even longer now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. On the bright side, though, and now they're filming... all going to look like they're 32. Yeah, no shit, right? Like, yeah. it's like right at like peak uh, puberty for all yeah. these kids, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on the bright side, though, filming has completely resumed and the production is back on track in terms of getting it done Sweet. to whatever timeline they're on now. So that's good. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but at yeah, least, gotta... 
Sorry, at least it's not going to be like it, you know, where they have to do like CGI to make them look younger. Like I yeah. just go with whatever their age is. Yeah. Stranger Things can live on. And doesn't he have like a little sister? There was a baby. She's probably what? Eight now? Come on. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. On the, on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, you you're mean? right. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, so there, I'm, you can have new kids, you know, and to older kids and yeah. That's true. That's true. But this is the final season, so whatever they're gonna do with it, you know, it is what it is. Oh, they're so they're those, stopping at four. I, that's what I'd always heard. The Duffer Brothers always saw it as a four season um, series. Oh, I didn't know that. And with, yeah, and with, we'll, and with we'll like see. Fin, we'll, well see. with Finn Wolfhard and a couple of the other guys now getting much bigger roles, I doubt they would stay on it. Honestly, really? yeah, I really it's do. Like, how, it's their how, bread and butter, man. Yeah, how freaking fun must that show be to film? Yeah, but Finn Wolfhard yeah. was just in Ghostbusters, like. He's yeah. he's doing big time you stuff. You know the cool Other thing is it's like, it. like it's like on. yeah, but it's only like eight episodes, and he could do it like every two years or something. Yeah. It's not like a twenty-two episode TV show from that back is in true. The day. That is I true. Feel like he I'll could give you totally that. be fine doing it. That's true. Unless he doesn't want to be seen as the Stranger Things guy, and that's a whole different story. But. It's possible too. Like you know, like that's associated with his like younger, younger work or something like that. You know. I could see that too. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, blues, James. What's on blue? Blues. Yeah, Vito. James. What's blue. on blue? Blues, Vito. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do blues this time. I, uh... So, Paul Paul Verhoeven's erotic thriller Basic Instinct from '92 has been given a makeover for a brand new theatrical and home video release by Studio Canal UK. What did they? The shave film it? was. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's the new thing. Uh, the film was restored from the original 35mm negative and supervised by the director himself. And I guess there's new bonus materials on this Blu-ray for, with Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. More. And this release is sure to blow your legs wide open. <laughs> Just fucking nailed it. You're better at the blues than I am. <laughs> Uh, next we have George A. Romero's 1977 horror movie Martin uh, that is currently currently being restored by the UK's Second Sight Films who had originally announced a Blu-ray release for the near future but the company has just announced today well it's not today whenever this article was written <laughs> that I read it uh, that it's coming to 4K Ultra HD this summer oh, have you guys cool. seen Mar- Martin? I've never seen Martin it's one of the rare Romero movies I have yet to see Hey, it's really good. Wait, have I, I? Hey, Vito, have I ever seen what movie? Martin. Did you have a glottal stop when you lived in Michigan, and then you lost it when you moved out to California? I don't know what you're talking Ma- Mart- about. Martin versus Mike. What's the name of the movie? Martin. 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 Yeah. Martin. Martin. Did you, did you have that? It's a very, it's a very midway. I just noticed My? when you said it initially. You said Martin, and I'm like, hey. That's I not actually Michigan. feel like I can actually answer this. I feel like you've always had that. I he's, have had. He's I've always noticed said the Martin. Michigan accent when I listen to your show, and I go in and out of it. Okay, my mm-hmm. friends sometimes pick up on it, but yeah, my voice, my accent has changed a little bit. I but it'll like, come out, especially if I'm drinking. So do you <laughs> think? I feel that, like you've always been though way more um, of a pronunciation you know, snob a little bit. An, like if there's a letter in something, yeah. you're gonna say it. You know, mm. like I feel well, like you maybe when I'm reading. Like that. That helps. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. true. But if I'm just talking, so you think in I casual remember, like, conversation you would just call that Martin? Probably. Okay. Yes. I was just curious. This is these little curiosities that sh- that pique my interest. You know. 
That's all. <laughs> what, he's, yes. what he's saying is that you do words dumb. Yeah. Quit doing, <laughs> Thanks, quit doing, quit doing your fucking mouth words all dumb-like. Thank you for your critique. <laughs> On to the next blue. Uh, if you're like Mike and I, you've probably seen Zombie Apocalypse and its sequel, Redemption. Uh, Here's a movie too, that too, looks worse. Not too, <laughs> sorry. Is that uh, possible? I ruined your joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Corey Feldman and Edward Furlong star in The Zombie King coming straight to DVD oh, from God. Bayview Entertainment on May 4th, 2021. Wait. I just watched the trailer. It looks like Czar, but worse. <laughs> Bayview, Bayview Entertainment? Yeah. Is that the high school like production company from Saved by the Bell? Like, are they I just, don't know. Are, isn't, wasn't Bayview the high school? Wasn't Bayview no, High? No, Bayside. Oh, it was Bayside. Damn it, my job oh, was failed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I do have a, a rundown. Just uh, So this oh, one please. is about... In an attempt to bring his wife back from the grave, an ordinary man turns to voodoo and summons Kaifu, the god of malevolence. He makes a pact to destroy the underworld and bring chaos to the earth, and in return, he will become the zombie king. Please tell me that the god is played by Corey Feldman. I was going to say... Corey Feldman becomes the zombie king, it says. I was going to say, I don't know what I want more, Corey Feldman as Kaifu or Corey Feldman as the zombie king. (laughs) And then I decided I want them both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, check out the trailer. I want my cake and I want to eat it. Oh, (laughs) man. They're just, it looks like they're just on jugs and excited for a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Aren't we all? Um, Oh, yeah, and that's it. That's all I got for blue. (laughs) All right. right, uh, That's all for blues, Mike. I'll do that. Thanks, James. I'll I'll do that part. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so my last bit of news here. Um, did you ever did you ever think to yourself, you know, when you're when you want to go play a game and you pull out the classic? Wait, stop right there. Yes. Okay. Well, the, the, <laughs> the classic Rock'em Sock'em Robots, right? Yeah. You know, red red versus blue, the classic battle for the ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever look at that and say, man, I really wish that this would be turned into a movie? And man, I really wish that movie would be starring Vin Diesel. Yeah. No, because... but Crossfire, though. <laughs> oh, Crossfire. Fuck, that'd be an awesome movie. Except for it would d- just be Vin Diesel playing just Crossfire. Vin Diesel heads. <laughs> oh, no, just Vin Diesel and The Rock playing cro- the game Crossfire. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Fast and Furious presents Crossfire. <laughs> I think it'd be more fun if the two of them were just out in public throwing marbles at each other. Girls <laughs> <laughs> fire! <laughs> anyway, though, Rock'em Sock'em Robots is getting a theatrical movie made after it. Now, uh, I thought, starring starring I thought Vin real- Diesel. Now, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I, I'm about to say what you're about to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm fairly certain that we already got this, and that yeah. movie was called Real Steel yeah. with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yes. Mm. That was supposed to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots, I thought. Yes, thank you. I thought so, too. So I'm a little bit confused. This one apparently is, like, actually um, uh, licensed, so maybe like Real Steel... Like, they have Steel... a red one and a blue one? <laughs> this, <Yes>. one's, <laughs> this one's going to be more true to life because the robots will only be able to go like this. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just, I... just one point of articulation, and that's it. I was always under the impression, though, that Real Steel came out back when, uh, you know, Battleship came out and all these movies that were made based off of these board game properties. <clears throat> I was always under the impression that that was what that was. Yeah, apparently, I thought so, too. Apparently it wasn't. It was just loosely based, I guess, on the idea. Because I swear to God, there I had heard 
That's what that was. I, yeah, I never same. knew that. I never made that connection. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if there's, I, I do have a question though. If there's any board game that you could turn into a movie, though, like classic board game, what would it be? Crossfire. I'm going to say this. <laughs> yeah. Besides Crossfire, I will say, and this is taken from a really awesome poster I've seen online. Hungry, hungry hippos. I've seen that poster. <laughs> I have too. That's awesome. My um, my choice my choice would be Operation. Just about a bunch of terrible surgeons killing people from the, the book of Saw. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Operation and Mousetrap could both be Saw movies. <laughs> Ooh, Mousetrap would be fun. <laughs> Mousetrap is a movie. It is with Nathan Lane. <laughs> oh no! Yes. it's called Mousetrap. I'm almost. I'll look it up right now. No, it was called. Uh, you know, you might be right. It might be. That might be Mousetrap. No, uh, uh, I just want to see people put in a giant Rue uh, Goldberg puzzle. You know? Oh, it's that's, Mouse that's Hunt. That's what I want to see. Ma- Mouse Hunt, yeah. Mouse Hunt. But there are movies called Mousetrap. I doubt they're about the board game, though. Um, if so, if I could turn a board game into a movie, uh, Clue. Yeah, easy, man. <laughs> Well, we are getting a new one, so. No, Clue is the best ever. Uh, I'm you? trying. Uh, I love Clue. Oh, hold on, like, give me. Hey, we might have to circle back to this. That's fine. Because there's a lot of fucking games. Yeah, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna think about this and then ma- like I'm gonna give you my answer right before we start talking about the movies. I think. Okay, done. Well, okay. Uh, that's all I got though. There's your news. We're oh. getting we're, we're we're getting rock'em sock'em robots. That's apparently the best news of the week. They, like I said, this was a very slow news week. There wasn't a whole lot. So did you did you already give your answer? What would your answer be? Yours was uh, hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, uh, oh, operation. Operation. What was yours? Hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, oh. So the one that you saw online. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll give my answer. I, soon. I think it would be a fun movie. I've never. <laughs> I've only seen one like evil hippo. Was it Congo or something? I no, don't remember. Was it Congo or Anaconda? No, it was Congo. One of them. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a hippo scene. Yeah. And a, I want more of it. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't remember also, a hippo scene in Congo. There, it's either Congo. It's one of those movies. It's either Congo I, or Anaconda. I think it's Anaconda, Vito. We might have to look this up. But yeah, <laughs> we'll have to watch both those oh, movies before next week. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, there definitely I'm surprised, is one, though. I'm surprised there's never been a movie based on chess. Like an old school, like, period piece movie based on, like, chess. <laughs> there's a Harry Potter movie that has a chess scene in it. You know what? There is. That was that a counts. dope oh, scene, too. That counts. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Uh, I think I found the hippo scene in Congo on YouTube. Oh, is it, it is Congo? Yep, there's a monkey in a boat. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. They're being attacked by a hippo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic because hippos are scary as shit that's the most yeah, dangerous i think i think uh f- as far as like uh threat to humans it's the most dangerous animal in the world oh, isn't it they they kill more people i, I want to say they kill more people in africa than any other animal yeah yeah come yeah. on it's we crazy. need that movie yeah we do need that movie <laughs> yep tim curry's scared yep hungry hungry hippo <laughs> yeah look up this clip guys on youtube it's great <laughs> uh no the only the only clip you need to look up from congo is Stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> <That's the best. laughs> Tim Curry's reaction. <laughs> just, I always forget that Tim Curry's in that. You always it forget, sounds like you, you need to watch you always, Congo. Oh, you, always, you always forget that Mark Curry is in that movie? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> you son of a bitch. 
all right. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break here. I'm going to rack my brain to figure out what the, the best um, the best board game to turn into a... Oh, you know what? The Ravensburger Jaws game. That would make a really good movie. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're. I think they might be ahead of the curve on either. You deserve to be slimed for that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna talk about the Conjuring and the Conjuring Two. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, we're back. And before we start up, I want to I want to tell you guys what I decided for my uh, my board game. Ooh, sock it to us, Lars. I'm going to sock it to you, Lars. Uh, <laughs> I I actually got up and I went and I looked at my game closet and my eyes went directly to the one that I should have said to begin with because the characters in this game always used to freak me out a little bit. In the Guess who? in the original game, not the original, the original Candyland had some creepy-ass characters in it. And I think it would actually make a really cool like horror fantasy game. Directed, 90s directed Tim by Burton. Tim Burton. Ni- yes. Yeah. From early yeah. 90s. <laughs> yes, great. 90s or Tim Del Burton. Or Del Toro. I could see Del Toro. Yeah, Del a Toro. Really creepy one. Definitely. Modern-day Del Can Toro. Can you guys remember some of the characters from the original? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there was that, that weird fudge monster, and then there was the... Well, the there fudge the... monster is basically the shit demon from Dogma. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's been done. And then there was like Prince Licorice or something, and he had like a, a like a, a big weird twisty mustache. Dude, I'd and love I, a stop I, motion I, movie. Oh, that'd be pretty like cool. Like Nightmare Before Christmas or something. Would that'd be, be cool. pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but Candyland okay. for sure. I think that'd make it an awesome movie. Stick with me for a second here. Yeah. A Candyman movie directed... Candyland. Candy Sorry, Candy, Candy, Candyland movie <laughs> directed <laughs> by Panos Cosmanos. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. That would Wait, be, who's that? The guy who did Mandy. Uh, the guy who did uh, Mandy. Oh, and uh, Black uh, Black Rainbow, whatever that other movie he did. Was so it bas- it basically just be like a two hour acid trip, but yes. with within Candyland. <laughs> that'd I am be rad. so in. <laughs> So I've never done acid, but after I watched Mandy, I felt like I didn't need to because I felt like no, I had. That's pretty much it. That's <laughs> pretty know? much it. Hey, speaking of I doing... I need to rewatch that one. Speaking anyway, of doing sorry. acid. Yeah. Nice segue, dude. Right? Ghost. <laughs> Let's talk about The Conjuring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Right, have, have both of you guys seen The Conjuring before? Both, both movies? Yes. I have seen the first one. Uh, I... This was my first time watching the second one. Same, same. I had only ever seen the first one. Um, I saw both. Okay, okay. Uh, And there was a third one. There was a third one coming out, uh, which I'm very, very excited for because it looks pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, the first uh, Conjuring movie here uh, is from 2013, directed by uh, Mister Mister Australian Man himself, James Wan. What? Oh wow! That's that's his official title now. You didn't know that. Did you really not know that? Yeah, he and Lee went. You in. went. Ro- you went robot. I couldn't hear you. Did you? Did you really not know he was from Australia? Is he actually Australian? Yes. He and Lee Winnell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that Lee Winnell was. I didn't know yeah. that James Wan was from Australia. Hey, no. hey, don't don't judge a book by its cover, James. 
Wow, you <laughs> thought he was from Asia? Really? Well, he's Malaysian. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's definitely from uh, from Australia. His roots, I'm sure, are from Malaysia and whatnot. But uh, he, no, was, I think he, he was, was born actually, raised in. I think he was no. I think it, uh, he was maybe raised in Australia. I'm pretty okay. sure he was born in Malaysia. Well, put it this way: his accent is thick Australian, so he's oh, definitely okay. been he's definitely been in Australia for his whole life. Sure, um, right on. At least from when he started talking. Um, anyway, though, yeah, uh, James Wan. I mean, everyone knows James Wan. Uh, Saw franchise, Insidious, uh, Aquaman, The Conjuring. The f- uh, what? Which which one of the Fast and the Furious movies did he do? Uh, he did seven. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. Apparently, he got offered <laughs> to do the Fate of the Furious, the eighth movie, and they offered him quote unquote life altering money, and he turned it down to do Conjuring two. And all I have to say to that is. You done fucked up, kid. <laughs> Why? Wait, what? I'm pretty sure really? he's. I'm pretty sure he's doing okay, Mike. Oh yeah, no, he is. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's doing bad, but to pick one over the other. Yeah, but hey. then he. But then he went on to do a fast movie. So no, he did Fast Seven. Yeah, I know, but he, you don't. Which was you don't, before which, they which, which offered Which was before eight. the offer they made him to do Fast. They eight. offered him eight. Yeah. Oh, he did seven, and then they wanted him to yes. do eight. Okay, yes. but he did Conjuring right two on. instead. Yeah. but still, Which, spoilers. But still, I, will say I this. think he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. I'll say this based on what I just said. I did not like Conjuring two almost at all. Oh wow! But Why we'll would get you there. just come right out of the fucking? Jeez! God, I hate when you do. <laughs> All right, all right. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Let's pretend like we didn't hear that. Did you that. like Conjuring 1, Mike? <laughs> Do you want to go back here, James? No, 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 because now I know. Go ahead. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Did you like Conjuring 1? I loved Conjuring 1, yes. <laughs> okay, yes, good. Conjuring 1 was is great. Con- the first Conjuring movie is one of the rare studio horror movies that does it right. Especially around yes. that time when there's a lot of shit just coming, being pumped out of the studios. The Conjuring was one of those rare movies that came out in the early 2010s that just got it right. And I agree. And they didn't and they didn't really have to go back and do much to it. Pretty much what we got was the movie they shot. They didn't really go back and edit it. James Wan stood by his vision for it and and it's a legitimately creepy movie. Yeah. Like it, it really does work. On yeah. every level, which is so incredibly hard to do with fickle, you know, mainstream audiences right now, especially with mm-hmm. with hardcore horror audiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think The Conjuring balances that line absolutely perfectly. Um, I I a hundred percent agree. I it is like one of the scariest movies I've seen, and I've seen it three times now. I still get scared watching it, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't but know that I do. I don't know that I would say that I got scared by it. Because very, there's very few movies. Really? There's very few movies that actually like scare me. Like I, and usually scaring me means there's something either visually upsetting or something that kind of like chills me to my core. But it's not usually something that is written to be scary. If that, if I know, that, if this that one chills sense. me to my core. Yeah, yeah it does. It's ghosts for me. <clears throat> like for some ghosts yeah. and possession. Mm-hmm. If done right, which this one does right, well, yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm, 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 freak me out. I'm on the, I'm on the same level. Like, I, I there are other subgenres of horror that I would consider my favorites, but when it comes to actual, like, when it comes to giving me a good scare, I think ghosts and possession are probably the movies that that can actually give me that genuine feeling of, uh, of being afraid. 
that I don't get that often anymore. So it's kind of nice to watch movies like this. Like I watched, um, I watched The Conjuring, the first movie last night, and even though I've seen it before and I knew what to expect, I was like. I was sitting there on my couch and I was like, you know, I had a blanket on and I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. And every once in a while, my fucking rabbit would, would start scratching at the bottom of her cage, which is a, it's very jarring in the middle of the night when you hear her doing it because it's like nothing else in my house should be this lively right now. So there'd be like a particularly tense moment in the movie. And then all of a sudden I just hear this and be like, what the fuck? And look over my shoulder. Um, there's not a lot of other types, like there's not a, a lot of other subgenres of, of horror movies that will still get me on edge to the point where uh, a noise in my environment will freak me out like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 re- I really like this movie and just the, ov- the overall tone of this movie, like Mike was saying earlier, he just got it right. Mm-hmm. on this one like there was a like you said there was a lot of bullshit being pumped out around this point in time but they just really nailed the tone and the mood of this movie they really did um and that being said i don't think it's a perfect movie like no. I, there there are still some things and i remember james when me and you had seen this for the first time before i think you already know one of my criticisms because it was one of the things that i called it out for when we saw it in theaters yeah um <clears throat> i don't like that very j-horror inspired look of ghosts Mm. right Ugh. the girl on top of the wardrobe the, the the demon whatever on top of the wardrobe yes when yeah. we saw this in the theater the first thing i told james i hated that like to me it just took you out it, of it to me like when i'm thinking of like like demons right or demonic possessions or you know whatever the visual representation of that is mm-hmm. i don't think of it as something in a human form and that's very J-horror inspired, in my opinion. And and that's why I don't like a lot of J-horror, is because that look to those types of creatures just doesn't really do anything for me. See, I... Yeah, that's interesting. It looks too like, human. Like, it's like, you're a, you're a demon, you're a spirit. You're it not was a look. human. Like, that, the, the Bathsheba Beth, that it Beth, is Beth on that Sheba. thing, mm-hmm. Bathsheba, yeah. was a person possessed, Yeah, but it's that person's form... On the like, you know, ghosts you see are human, like and in I, your house. And I get that, but once you, your folks' house, but once you pass on, though, like a ghost is one thing, right? I, but I feel like like a demon or possessed thing or whatever. When that when the vessel dies and passes on, I feel like whatever it is that's possessing them or the soul should be something different. Like evil should look not, well, not human in this to universe, me. buddy. But that's <laughs> but that's like when you're. When you're actually talking in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, if 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 you're if if you believe in in real life possessions and stuff like that, it, a human body is always used as a vessel. You almost never see, you know, like you don't hear about um, priests carrying out exorcisms and they're doing battle with this huge fucking winged horned demon. But they're I always, wish they, but they're I wish always, they would. They're, they're always doing. Butter. They're always doing, just turn, <laughs> just turning some fucking butter. They're always doing. They're always. Uh, they're always doing battle against a human vessel that's harboring a demon, which makes it even more high stake because that, high stakes but. because because now you're not only battling against this evil thing, but you're also battling for the soul of a of the the vessel. But let me put it, but let me put it this way, right? If Reagan from The Exorcist died, right? 
and mm-hmm. and her and and the that the spirit of of um, Pazuzu Pazuzu then carried on right. So Reagan mm-hmm. died right. in this house. A family moves in, and that's that haunting <clears throat> is still going on in that house, right? Yeah. Wouldn't okay. you rather see that house be haunted by the form no. of Pazuzu no. and not the form of Reagan? No. I think the form of Reagan would be scarier. See, I, yeah. And this is so this 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 then is where we just disagree. We just have a disagreement. And it's not wrong. Yeah, yeah no, you're it's not just personal wrong. preference. It's just a and I think there's room for a cool anthology of movies to do what you're talking yeah, about. I, I would watch the shit out of I that. Think for <laughs> me, yeah, I think for me, like demons should look like demons. They should not take the form of humans if they're not inhabiting a human just vessel. look like joseph but, but to, bashara but to me <laughs> but yeah. to me when you <laughs> every every demon to me when you to me when you watch uh when you have demons that look like demons that's more along the lines of fantasy to me it's fantasy fun but it but it's like i think i think more in terms of you know like lucifer from um um from legend, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, like see, that's that's high if, concept it, though. That's well, like it's high concept. concept like, to, okay, so just to jump ahead, there's a there's like there's like three seconds worth of an actual demon in the second movie that we're going to talk so, about tonight. So okay, and, yes, but you don't and, like. <laughs> and when I and when I saw that, I was like, if that thing was running around the house, that wouldn't. It's not scary. But the funny it, thing it is, it would is be that's scary. What it was supposed be, to be. It would be scary in real life. It's not scary on screen, though. That's how it was written, though. It was supposed to be the horned demon, really? and then they changed it. And one of my, one of my one of my criticisms about both of these movies is that they sort of second one not so much actually. The first one has more of a criticism. They shoehorn other stories in specifically because they wanted to build the world out, like sure. the uh, mm-hmm. like the character of Annabelle. In which I completely yeah. forgot Annabelle was even in this movie. To be honest, yeah, it yeah. starts off with it, Annabelle. That's, that that story though has very little to do with the rest of the movie. It's shoehorned Correct. in so that they have a starting point for future spinoffs. That's the well, only reason Annabelle is in that movie. Well, it no, also it I also mean they they manage to go ahead go ahead. It does a lot. It establishes the Warrens uh, working on cases mm-hmm. of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. It establishes when they use Annabelle later with their daughter. Right. Uh, and it, it it introduces us to the Warrens' work, and it no, establishes so and it establishes this it really works. It establishes the idea that demons use objects or people as vessels. No, and I and I yes. get that, but the way that they but the way that they they fleshed out that part of the story, though, I th- I just thought that was a little bit shoehorned. Like it was, you could kind of tell what they were doing a little bit. Maybe I say that because I know their spinoffs. Mm. Um, that being said, I just like watching it now. That's the impression that I get. Like it doesn't really. Yeah, need I, to be I'm what sure it is. that's. Was part of the yeah. reason, but it's not the only. At reason. least the it, nun it, in the second movie had a bit more to do with the story because it was sort of oh, all yeah. connected. But what I was saying about the demon, though, the nun was originally the horned demon throughout the entire movie. James Wan changed it to the nun because they wanted to do a spinoff and he wanted it to be a different type of character that they could flesh out and tell some backstory to in another movie. So otherwise, it should have been the horned demon. Which See, I, I just, would have liked I just more. Don't, I just, I, it would have been cool. I just don't think it would have been scary. Well, it has to be done right. And that, that's the line that you tell. 
Yeah. Like if you're gonna if yeah, you're gonna I, do that, you have to do it right. Otherwise, it just comes off as hokey. Because like because the conjuring. Yeah. Because like it's, I, we're gonna skip ahead to the conjuring two again already. <laughs> but that scene where uh, where Lorraine comes out and her daughter goes, "Who's that?" and she looks down at the end of the hall and the fucking nun is standing there. Yeah. If a horned demon was standing there, it would have been way less effective. No way. To me, I, I disagree. If it was done right, I thought. Okay, mm. I, let me go I on record I, by saying this. I just this. don't personally see how you would have done that right. Let me go on <laughs> to record like make saying it this. Freaky. I thought the the look of the nun character was hokey as shit. I hated it. I, I don't, don't like, like. I don't, I don't like the look of the nun in the I don't nun movies. I don't particularly like, like the makeup this. job on it. No, like, it, they it's not yeah. scary. It's hokey. It's. And I don't like the mouth opening and the teeth and yeah, stuff it's like that. Like, it's like it's almost like a Pennywise type look. It, I was gonna yeah. say it reminded me of it and the crooked band. Mm-hmm. But we're just yeah, well, okay, yeah, we'll yeah, let's we'll get, get back to the original movie here. Um Okay, so the original so, movie from twenty thirteen. Uh if you've not seen it, why the fuck are you listening to us? But um <laughs> if you if you haven't seen it, uh paranormal investigators Watch it. Ed and Lorraine Lauren worked up a family terrorized by a dark presence War- in Warren. their what did I say? You said Ed and Lorraine Lauren. Oh. Warren. Ed and Lorraine Lauren. Ralph Warren. Warren. Uh, Lorraine. Warren. There you go. <laughs> Worked up a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. It's, uh, r- here. it's Quick- Ruffy the Bombfire Slayer all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you have uh, Vera Farminga and Patrick Wilson. No, who are no, no. Farmiga. Farmi- There's no N. Vera I do the Farmiga. same thing. Farmiga. Farmiga. They play Lorraine and Ed Warren, respectively. Um, you have uh, Lily Taylor who plays Caroline Perrin. No, so this movie is about the Perrin family. They are the family yes. that lives in the farmhouse. It's basically uh, the mom, the dad, and what is it? Three daughters? Four daughters? Four daughters. And, Four daughters. And a son. Yeah. Right? No, no son. No. Or is it just daughters? Yeah, oh, okay. Just son, all daughters. Sorry. See, this is the problem with watching these movies back to back. I'm like, I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. these. I'm gonna get these fucking families confused. Let me just say this. Did you guys both watching these two movies find, like back to back at least, find that they're super similar? Yes. Like almost too much. Like there's almost not enough difference in story to differentiate the two if you're watching them back to back. I have some critiques of Conjuring 2 okay. that are related to this question. Okay, then, then, then we'll, then yeah, we'll save, save, save them. Remind yeah. me to go back to it. Um, look, it's here. Uh, so Lily Taylor and Ron Livingston play the parents, Carolyn and Roger. Uh, and then you have the, the four daughters, uh, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, and Cindy, who are played by actresses. Um, I don't know. Does anyone know who they are? Young, no, talented, yeah, actresses. young talented actresses. It, yes. I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to be anybody who, if if we don't mention right. them, they're going to get no. all shook up about it. The only other guy that I'm going to say by name here is the character of Brad. I think Brad might have been my favorite character in the entire movie. I did like. Is he I, the cop? I did the like cop, Brad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he reminded, reminded me. Of a, he a reminded me of Hooper. Jim Jim Hopper. Yes, or Hopper. Not, yeah, not Hooper. You fuck. God. <laughs> Mike, for fuck's sake, write shit down with with Mr. Hooper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did a young a young Hopper though. He Mm. really did. I actually, I never, I actually thought thought it was. uh, I actually thought for a second that it was. um, Fuck, why can't I think of his name now? Hopper. No, no, David. (laughs) I know. I don't. What's his name? Harper. 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 (laughs) David Harper. Yeah. 
I actually thought it was him at first. I was like, damn, he looked good back in 2013. He does um, look a lot he like looks him, a lot the mustache, like him, yeah. the hair, the mm-hmm. whole deal. Yeah. He was he was hands down my favorite character because he was like a complete non-believer going into it. And then like just watching his progression going from that and then the way that he would react to certain things, just fucking. But he hysterical. also had the stupidest fucking moment in the movie. <laughs> Not not <laughs> not stupid because it was like not be, not because it was like stupid, uh, like cinematically, but stupid because it was it was the classic like you're watching a slasher and you're like don't go in there, don't go in there. What are you doing? Turn around, when he goes turn outside. around. Because you're but like as a non-believer, it made sense. Well, because he sees cause this chick. He doesn't believe there's. He anything. sees this chick that he hasn't seen at all the entire time he's been there, and she looks like a fucking ghost. And she goes, look what she made me do. And she's bleeding from the wrists. And he goes, hey, wait. Come here. <laughs> hey, come here. I'm like, no, 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 Fair no. Enough. No, no. You know that you're in the house with a fucking demon. Why would you do that? <laughs> that fuck, that, but that did drove he, though? He nuts, didn't believe dude. it. So. No, so he did didn't. He? No, because he was the guy. He And I love, that was one of my favorite lines of the entire movie was was one of his, actually. Because the, the other guy... Um, there was Brad, and then what was the other guy's name? The young guy, uh, who was helping. Oh, out. I'll the, find the, it, the assistant who was helping out the Warrens. Uh, Drew. Drew. Drew, yeah. Drew goes. You you still don't believe it, do you? And he and he goes, uh, I believe the clock, and it's three oh eight, because the 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 clocks had kept stopping at three oh seven a.m. every night, and he and he and he says something like that. He goes, I believe the clocks, and it and it's three oh eight. And I was like, damn, that's kind of a badass line. But then he immediately follows yeah. that up with being attacked by a fucking ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, this movie, like, I feel like James Wan mastered horror sound with this movie. Yeah. The sound of it is perfect. There's... The knocks on the door, the creaks, the music. I remember <clears throat> seeing this in the theaters. And James, I don't know if you remember this, because we saw this together. So did, I don't yeah. know... If you remember the scene in particular, but the scene where like the house is just deathly silent, and then that huge crash comes when all the pictures fall oh, off God. the walls, that do that made me jump in my house again now, and I, yeah. I specifically remember in the theater like losing my chest a little bit <laughs> when that hit because in the theater that bass hits you hard mm-hmm. through those oh. through those side speakers. There was a there was a scene in the second movie that had the same effect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember though in the theater being affected by that, and it still was effective in my house. So yeah, I agree with you. The sound effects yeah. are great, and Joseph Bashar's music well, is top notch in well, this it's as well. A, it's a, it's a mixture of three things. It's the it's because there is like a huge bass hit, but then there's also the the horrible like trebly sound of the all the glass crashing at the same time, mm-hmm. and so that takes you by surprise. So you're already clinched. And then you hear the sound of a like a young child laughing, and you go, oh, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on?" And then you walk out, and then I'm I in my house. I have that same setup on my stairway, where we have pictures going all the way down our stairway because we're basic as fuck. And uh, <laughs> and I've always had that that particular scene in my head. I'm like, one night all these fucking things are gonna crash down, and I'm just gonna lose it. And it scares me every time I think yeah, about it. Plus, it's just the steady cam, like how they're he, you're they're really precise in what exactly you're seeing mm-hmm. in the frame. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna look here, and then we're gonna look here, and then we're gonna look here, and then this noise happens, and it's it's just so I would 
like no one should ever reshoot it. <laughs> it's just perfect. I don't know. I I find it so effective. Um, speaking of things that are effective, this this movie. One of the things that they set up early on in the movie that I think everybody pretty much agrees with this movie is probably one of the best and most inventive scares I've ever seen in a movie is the hide and clap scene. Like, yeah, like the ghost clap. The fu- the <laughs> we got the ghost clap. The, that's one of the f- it's it pisses me off so much though that they gave it away in the trailer. Yes. Mm. They gave it away I, in the see, fucking trailer. If they hadn't given away in the trailer, that would have been so are scary. You, are you talking about the scene where the mom is playing hide and clap, and she walks over to the wardrobe, and she's looking into it, and the hands just kind of come out of the the, the wardrobe? No, no she's I'm on the talking stairs. about when she's but on the stairs, cool and she's she strikes the match, and then all of a oh, sudden, that out of the yeah, she's out against out of, the door, but the door is so, black, so, yeah. so it's just shadow. And then all of a sudden, out of the darkness, there's just... So I have a critique about that. They gave that away already earlier in the movie when she was playing hide and clap with her daughter. And she walks over to the wardrobe and her daughter's hiding in a completely different part of the room. And she walks in there and she opens the wardrobe, takes her mask off, or uh, or, or, no, she walks over to the wardrobe. She says, clap again. And then these two hands come out of the wardrobe and clap right in in the background. And they, but you can see them. No, though. no, she's she's by the door. She has a blindfold on, and you see out of slightly out of focus, these hands come out of the wardrobe and clap. My point is though, and they to us, the audience looks like her daughter's mm-hmm. hands too. See, no, see, it didn't look like her daughter's hands at all. They were ghost hands. They were kids. no, they, they, they were, were kids. ghost. They were, hands. they were kids' hands. They were, uh, no, they weren't. They were hundred percent kids' dude, hands, re, dude. Rewatch re, no, it. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They were because, kids' because hands. I they didn't were like it. They were kids' like hands. It. The only thing <laughs> that made them a little bit different is they were a, they were sort of dirty. They were slightly out of. They focus. were dirty and discolored. They were not the daughter's hands. Like there, you you can't watch that and tell me those are the daughter's hands. They kind of give it away right there. It should have th- that scene would have worked way better. All I'm saying is that scene. Wait, wait. What are they giving away? What do you? Yeah. What, what do you, you, what my, you mean they're giving the it away? The scene would have because yes, it's a ghost because no one's in the wardrobe and their daughter comes in behind. I her. feel like the scene would have worked a thousand times better if you wouldn't have seen the hands. Just hear the clap come from there. And then have her freaked out and go over to the wardrobe and look like, where the hell did this come from? And then have the daughter come from the other room behind her. Because because see, this, I, cause the big I, scare of her on the stairs later where you actually see the hands, that should be the first time you ever see the hands doing it. I disagree. Here's why. I disagree because I feel like that's important to set up that the ghost likes to play this game. No, you're still setting it because up. Because otherwise, it. it would just be stupid and people would be no. like complaining like, oh, this you're dumb. Still, Why would the ghost clap? You're still setting it up, though. You just don't need to see it because you, you know that you're hearing it coming from the wardrobe. But what's different is that she's against a wall. We like nothing will come through a wall. There's no no reason for anything. And then they surprise us with hands just coming out of nowhere. I agree. What I'm saying is that that would have been more effective, though, because we already saw. Agree to disagree. We already saw the hands come out of a wardrobe that nobody could be in. (laughs) I I don't see why that was less effective to you because you saw that first. Because they, but that's because they used the same jump scare twice (laughs) and expected it to be effective both times, and it was. It It wasn't wasn't a jump. It wasn't a jump scare the first time, though. Yeah, the first time it was like just in real time. The, the it was more the realization no one's in that wardrobe. Yeah. 
I'm like, holy like, shit, that was a ghost. I get that, and we don't need to beat this dead horse. I'm just, we I just do, Mike. We fucking I do. I just think it would have been we scarier you. if you heard the sound <laughs> coming from the wardrobe and then found out there was nothing in there. Like the daughter, at least. I mean, wasn't I could see there. that being effective as well. So yeah, that's all. Okay. I just think I'm they o- gave the hand clap away. That's all. I'm okay with it both ways. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's how you get the clap. Can we talk about the real, the real <laughs> question though, like the real burning question that I have about this movie? Yeah. About three quarters of the way through, they're in the backyard, and Ed walks up to Lorraine or whatever. They're out that. They're out by the. They're out by the 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 wash on the lines, you know, and they're having yeah. a conversation. Mm-hmm. Why is Lorraine doing their laundry? She's just the same way that Ed is fixing their car. Mm-hmm. Um, they are trying to help this okay, family. Okay, okay. And that's actually, you're bringing me to okay. another point. Like, I really love Ed and Lorraine as characters in this I movie. Because I like that they, like, have a good marriage. They're, like, wanting to help people. And it just makes it feel real to me. And probably makes it scary to me. But it's like, you know, I, I feel like the Coen brothers, aside from Fargo, they never give you a place to calm down like a safe place in their movies like this is a special feature i watched this movie does intentionally give you the safe place of ed and lorraine like you just feel like nothing bad's going to happen with them they're they're not they're never going to be mad at each other like they're always encouraging each other but somehow it has the opposite effect because it makes everything (laughs) so much scarier because you're like is one of these guys going to die like oh my god like what is happening i do but i yeah i i agree with you um to me, it was more of a subconscious thing, though. Like, I didn't, I didn't specifically think, why is she doing the laundry? And I didn't specifically think, um, I love the fact that they're, that they're helping the family out. To me, it was more like, subconsciously, I just sort of recognized the fact that they had completely integrated themselves into the lives of these, the lives of this family, and that was a good thing. Like they just, like you said, they just came across as good people who, Mm -hmm. when they came, when they came in to help the family, when they came in to help the family, they weren't only coming in to help with this one thing. Like we're going to come here. We're going to help you. We're going to help make life normal in every conceivable way while we try and figure this out for you, which I I think is really cool. And then it also, you know, sets up some of the coolest scares in the movie too like when that sheet blows and just for a split second it looks like it's wrapped around the form of a human yeah, that being was, that was pretty cool that shit's scary as that fuck was cool. dude that was like cool. that's so cool <laughs> and 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 yeah like when they when they do those little reprieves um throughout the movie like you're in the shit like you're in the shit you're in the shit there's scary stuff going on all the time and then they'll do a little reprieve where it's just Ed and Lorraine quietly talking to each other encouraging each other um just being a husband and a wife you're just like this is nice man like this is a nice little this and and is, ed, ed, nice. ed, ed, ed will it... crack jokes every once in a while and it's like there's there's a little bit of levity that's brought to the situation that like it it, it just makes it feel more real you know mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah I, I really appreciated those those moments uh in this movie because the the oh go ahead go ahead uh, the one thing i feel like was Probably unnecessary, but I still found it effective was the whole thing with Annabelle and their daughter. Like, because then all of a sudden this threat is upon something that they care right. dear about. It's like going into their home now. <clears throat> right. Because they've invested themselves in this family. Did I, 
see, I, maybe maybe I missed something because when I was talking when I was talking earlier about how I thought the whole Annabelle story was shoehorned in, what was did I miss a connection between Annabelle and the Perrin family? It's not no, it's it's Ed and Lorraine's daughter is kind of freaked out by the yeah, Annabelle she's, doll. She's and, got and her that phone call freak, or whatever. Her mom freak, was watching her, or the caretaker, whoever it was, was watching her. She's they go freaked back, out, whatever, but yeah. she she's freaked out by the doll, but she also seems to have some sort of weird fascination. Like every yeah. time she so every time demonic, she walks by that door where her dad, you know, it, for some reason is keeping all these yes, fucking demonic <laughs> artifacts in their house, which seems dangerous that to seems me like, when you have a that well, it's like, like child keeping abuse. guns off the street that is child abuse to leave a child alone in that house with a caretaker that clearly doesn't know what the fuck she's doing even if the sh- <laughs> even if her even mom, if the shit her mom. even if the shit's not haunted imagine mentally what that does to her oh yeah you know what i mean yeah that's true so, like that's very true but like every time she walks by there she she you can tell she's got some sort of weird fascination with that doll like she looks and she's always looking past her dad trying to get a look at Annabelle uh-huh. so there is some sort of fixation and I think that's why ultimately uh Bathsheba ended up using um the necklace as the the conduit to get mm-hmm. to get to the the house to get to the the Warren uh, the Warren house Warren, yep. but then used Annabelle. Why why do you look confused, Mike? See, because I, I think this is what I'm missing. Something. How did <laughs> Bathsheba? So Bathsheba, the, okay. Bathsheba. I, I, I don't one think of my that favorite I put two and two together that Bathsheba was ever even at the Warren house. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah, that's who was. was in the rocking chair. That's who was using Annabelle. I thought Annabelle time. was already cursed though on her own that's the thing annabelle is already cursed on her own she doesn't they're, they're, but remember annabelle is locked in the case yeah. and at the end of all that scare she's still locked in the yeah. case what other bathsheba whatever this demonic entity was doing it was using the image of annabelle to to scare but the then, daughter so it didn't actually the, it didn't actually her. use annabelle it used the locket because that's why you see the locket spinning hanging but what from doesn't make sense to me about that though is that if if Bathsheba is at the Warren house tormenting the daughter, re- like literally right on the heels of that, they get a call from the parent family because the parent family is getting, uh, uh, they're 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 the, the Bathsheba's there doing her shit there. She can't be in it's, two places at once. It's a de- it's Why a de- can't it's she? a demon, it's dude. It's a demonic <laughs> it's entity. It's a fucking demon. It can do whatever it wants. I've never heard I, in all of the in all of the, the movies that I've watched and anything that I've ever seen. Though I've never seen someone take a demonic entity and put it in two places at once. Well, I've here's never here's one before. thing. They they even say like if you leave this house, it will follow you. Okay? Yeah, it sticks so it's to you like, like it's dumb. not locked yeah, to the okay. house, right? I, and it's using like this is it's. Here's here's what I'll give you. It's a little weak because the only thing they give you is that Lorraine's necklace uh-huh. from her daughter that her daughter has in the same necklace and with her picture yeah. in it gets caught in the basement. Yes. And it's just left in well, the basement. It gets, it it gets specific. And then the daughter specifically ripped off. Yeah. And so like that we're is suggesting a conduit to the to the Warren's house. Yeah, I get that. So that I get that. I guess is explaining Bathsheba's able to go but to But this house. is what I was talking yeah, about before, though, where I felt like it was shoehorned in. Because it just doesn't, it doesn't, you could cut that yeah. entire part of the story out and it would have zero effect on the rest of the story. That's, that's like all. Like I said, saying. that's what I thought was a little unnecessary, yeah, yeah. but still effective. But like, it really didn't have to be there. Yeah. It just kind of made it more 
personal to Can the we talk about I what think, was effective, though? The yes, entire Ellis. final act of this movie was Hell just yeah. batshit crazy awesome. Like, it's just one, it's like one, the whole last half an hour of the movie, it's just like one thing after another after another, just building all of this, like, great horror tension at the end of this movie. Like, perfectly done, perfectly executed. Um, the only thing that I would say is there's a, there's a scene where a chair gets shot across the room and shatters against the wall. And it's maybe some of the worst CG I've seen in a while. <laughs> oh, that's, that's in the Warren's yeah. house. Yeah. That's the yeah, Annabelle yes, chair. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really bad. It kind of takes in, you out of oh, it. Oh, that, yeah. I didn't notice that looking oh, that yeah, bad. It, it looked pretty, pretty bad to it, me. It, was, it, it could have been better. Like it was okay. Other than, other than the, that. The, I think the worst CGI in this movie is the, um, when they're watching the film of the uh, possessed guy where Lorraine freaks out some past case they have, and there's like an upside down cross. On oh his stomach. yeah. yeah, And it just looks bad, yeah. but it's, it's fine. It's still yep. free. They should have the made it. They should have made it look like a burn instead of like something yes. trying to protrude from his yep. skin. Cause that yep. would have been, yeah. that was the same scene in which, um, the actual, uh, Lorraine Warren was in the, in the, in this, like 90 year old woman is attending this university study. <laughs> Oh yeah, she was oh, sitting yeah. right, in the, right saying, in the yeah. front. The, yeah. the camera goes like right past her. Yeah. She always, she might have the worst case of resting bitch face I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> there's not a single, there's not a single shot of her where she doesn't look like she wants to murder you, ever. You fight, like, you look fight demons your whole life and then see how you feel, dude. <laughs> yeah. You mean fake fight demons? Yeah. Yeah, um, fake fight demons. So, but you were talking about the ending with the exorcism. Yeah. The whole possess the mom getting possessed like it starts as a haunted house movie mm-hmm. and then it becomes a possession. Yeah, the mom movie. getting possessed is great. It really is. Uh, having it is. Ed do the 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 um the exorcism and all that was I thought was great. Like the, everything, just that whole ending sequence was just awesome. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I I actually I love the whole movie. I love Act Three. Act Three is probably my least favorite part of the movie, though. Honestly. Really. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like once you get into <clears throat> there's like a when it comes to possession movies, I feel like you have to handle it kind of delicately for it to really like hit home or not hit home, but like for it to really like resonate with me. And once you start because especially especially when you're make going to make the claim that this was based on true events. I realized that it was loosely based on true events, right? This but one, if you're gonna make the was, claim that it was based on true events, like the scene where it's the scene where she like the the chair gets flipped upside down, it's a it's like it's, a, it's an incredibly yeah. scary visual. But in the back of my head, I'm going, okay, the real Ed and Lorraine Warren basically said that this kind of stuff happened to them in real life, right? Well, it's kind of like fire in the sky, right? It's just this one guy's telling of what he thinks what he knows that's, happened. that's actually a really good point though and you're believing that's actually, you're choosing to believe that's actually that a really good point because that is so fucking scary that scene in a fire in the sky is so so scary and actually his reaction when he comes back down and lorraine's is, still alive she's in this movie well, like she's, she's dead now well, she's she dead dies now, in 2019 but, well um, <laughs> but she was alive at, in 2013. I think it's more effective when you watch a fire in the sky, though, because it's 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 one guy, and it's like and 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 it's something that it's something that's it's it seems so outlandish that nobody could 
you you either have to believe it wholeheartedly or you have to just completely disbelieve it altogether. But there were other people in the house with Ed and Lorraine Warren when this stuff was going on. Well, so here's the here's the and, thing about Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say before you before you say what you're gonna say, I feel like this could have some some bearing on sure. it. Sure. Yeah. I don't believe that a lot of the stuff at the very end was actually based on any t- any type of true story. No, the I'm not. The reason is this. The <clears throat> real true story, the real true story is that Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, basically, and this is true for both of the movies, basically barged their way into these people's lives. They heard about the story, and they kind of, no one asked them to come. They showed up and kind of barged their way in, and the families right. didn't really want them there. And when they couldn't help, they claimed they could help them. When they couldn't help them in real life, they the, the whole ending to this movie is made up. When yeah. they couldn't help them, the father, um, Perrin, what's his name? Uh, yep, Mr. Perrin. Uh, yeah, Mr. Perrin, uh, uh, Roger. Roger, Roger. Ended up punching Ed, Ed Warren out and <laughs> kicked him out of his house. <laughs> really? No way. Yes. yes. Um, okay. So, so this hilarious. is what I'm saying. Like, here, like, here well, hold on. It's, There's, have you watched? You have the Blu-ray, right? I do. Have you watched any of the special features? Uh, some of it, yeah. They interview the Perrin family in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're telling to the talking to the camera that this is this really happened. Yes. And I know the the wife, I believe, divorced Roger. She gets interviewed separately. And the chilling thing is that she's like, I will never ever go back to that house. I don't think I will ever watch this movie either. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I do not, I never want to go back to that house. So I, what I, here's what I've gotten from watching a lot of like documentaries and behind the scenes stuff, or whatever about the Warrens, like the real Warrens. I don't dis, I don't think that the, the phenomena that was happening in these places was necessarily completely faked that separate thoughts about the second movie. But like, I think that Ed and Lorraine Warren though, saw an opportunity to exploit people and they were very very good at doing it which is very much what this movie is trying to say they didn't do because they have them like debunk certain but i was this house isn't haunted it's the pipes yeah this this movie paints the 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 warrens in in such a good light and it's that that's it's just not truthful and that might have been the only way they could have made this movie is but before we start you know before we started the show i was telling you guys and i was trying to like not say too much because i you know i wanted to save it for the show there was a couple things in this movie that uh like when it happens i go i go that's gotta be sort it's got like it's gotta be sort of a call out to this idea that um because I, I I knew going into this movie, like Kubrick's little this, hints in The Shining, especially the second time watching this movie, the second time, um, like when Ed and Lorraine first show up at the the Perrin house, it's like they're doing the old like all the old tricks that you see uh, like a psychic do. Yeah, like they walk in and uh, and and oh three they knocks don't, always they, in threes. Oh, that yeah, they don't, they don't the they don't they don't say Trinity. anything. Right, they don't say anything. They wait until the family says something. Oh yeah, there's like this weird smell of rotten meat, and then he automatically just goes, "Oh yeah, the smell of rotten meat. That could be demonic possession. That could be yeah. demonic activity. Wait. Like anybody could fucking say that." And then and then and then Ron Ron Livingston, uh, Roger Perrin, goes, "Yeah, we keep that door uh, chained shut because all night if we don't keep it shut, it's." All Always night long, Always yeah, and the, yeah, and then yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Ed goes, "Always in threes? Oh, 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 yeah. That that's uh, that's 
that's because it might be uh it might be a how does he put an it insult to the holy trinity it might be an insult to the holy trinity like that's the kind of shit that you could pull out of your ass yeah so easily if you're that Which, type of salesman you know what i mean for me though that made it real because like we know ghost hunters would do that kind of thing right and it's like oh okay they're doing what ghost hunters do but well, we that's, know that's, this is real <laughs> that's what i'm that's what i'm saying though is like if you're if if you're the if you're the type of person who does this for a living and you know those cues you hear those cues and you automatically go and especially if you're somebody who's well versed in uh you know like biblical type stuff you can you can automatically take like a and connect it to b really easily to sell what you're trying to sell you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah so it's 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 easy to make those connections and you see like that's how that's how that's how it's a good salesman it's a, it's it's basically yeah. like the mark of a good salesman um or or a good <laughs> or a good con artist like i watched a video the other day where it was this fucking nut house this this just absolute batshit crazy woman who claimed that she could talk to dead animals, right? And there was okay. <laughs> there was all these assholes <laughs> coming to her so that they could talk to their dead dogs. And she's just like, you know, she does the whole rigmarole where she like starts to sense their their essence or whatever the fuck. And then she's like, Champion just wants to let you know that um he just really loved it. He loved it when uh, you would, you'd give him kisses, and then the guy would be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, and I, then I you would, would, and then I would and really then you hope she's like champion. Just wants to say, like, give me fifty bucks. But it's like when you go into these situations where people are desperate for answers. You can pick up on those little cues, and then you can connect it to something that feels like an answer to them, and 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 it makes your job pretty easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's why I think they actually put little subtle cues uh, or little subtle parts in these movies that, even though they're trying to cast Ed and Lorraine Warren in a in a positive light and make them out to be these uh, legendary ghost hunters that they that they claim to be there was these little things put throughout the movies that made it kind of look like well if you look at that the right way they like they're they're kind of pulling the classic the classic moves of a fucking shyster yeah you know? it's, it's extremely it's pot maybe hidden yeah maybe. no i, mean, I in, as far as that. the characters in the movies go i feel like they really wanted yeah. to portray them as these really amazing good people who were just out to help people when in reality they might have been shysters who were mostly out for themselves and they wanted to gain fame and fortune and i feel like these little tiny subtle things were put in the movie sure. to to kind of give a call out to the fact that in real life they might have been shysters. yeah unless yeah. unless somebody comes forward and says that's intentional i mean that's just conjecture obviously but like it, oh it, yeah you can definitely course. take it that well, way though yeah what well, well, real quick, one one thing I didn't find believable was uh, how they were so happy at the end of the movie. Because well, yeah, if I ever saw fake. my mom look like that, <laughs> like clearly oh, suffering from revenge sleep procrastination, <laughs> spitting blood, <laughs> and like looking like a demon, I don't think I'd ever recover. <laughs> In fairness, I worked with your mom for a lot of years. I've seen her like that. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, but Lily, you're not her son, so... <laughs> L- Lily Taylor was... You were able to live on. 
Lily Taylor was genuinely terrifying in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like she, she was. was like yeah. in the third act, she was, she was so scary good. as hell, dude. Oh. I uh she did such a good job, man. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's move on to The Conjuring 2 from 20 whatever. Uh The Conjuring 2 is from 2016, 2016 right? Uh yes. once again directed by James Wan. Uh Ed and Lorraine Lauren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit. Sound familiar? Yep, same movie. All right. Uh yeah, and you know what else sounds familiar? Is you said Ed and Lorraine Lauren again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a subconscious tongue twister thing. I don't know. Um, so Patrick yes, red Wilson, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga uh, reprise their roles as the as go. the Lawrence. You were so proud of yourself. Just <laughs> yep. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. They, they reprise the roles. Um, then you have this is the Hodgkin fan or Hodgson. Hodgson family. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I wanted to put a K in there for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this movie to me was a gigantic step down from the first movie. And maybe that's because it was so similar. I thought the first movie just per, well, just did everything better. I thought that the second movie was way more sensationalized. And it hurt it for that. Like it wasn't as believable. Everything was sort of ramped up a little bit. And it in the second movie. Yeah, and it kind of took yeah. away from the believability factor of it, <clears throat> in my opinion. Um, um <clears throat> before we move before we move on, are you guys looking at the IMDB for this? I mean I did earlier. Mine. Yeah. Um look at are just are you looking at no. it or not? Yeah. Look at the, looking look at the it. look at the photos section. Don't open the photos section, just look at it. Okay. <laughs> Why you got the you got you have 180 photos? So I have to pee now. <laughs> it should to leave it, and pee. It should be mostly photos of the movie, but instead, <laughs> instead you just got Patrick Wilson looking like a snack <laughs> with his fucking shirt off. Help for a jog. <laughs> he doesn't do this in the movie. Why is this a picture? This isn't part of the movie at all. It maybe, maybe it should have been. The movie would have been better. <laughs> it definitely should have been. <laughs> deleted deleted why scenes. Is, <laughs> why is this on IMDb? <laughs> what the fuck? All right. That's all. That's Sorry, all I I'll be right back. Oh, my God. All right, Mike. Uh, um, while you're gone, I'll go through the movie a little bit here. Um, <laughs> yes, this is the Hodgson family. Um, you have uh, Janet Hodgson is... Uh, not the mother. She's way too young. Where's the fucking mother? Damn it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. The uh, Peggy. Peggy. Peggy, Peggy is the, the mother. Yes. IMDb's out of order. I hate this. Um, yeah, Peggy Hodgson <laughs> is the mother. Uh, she's... It's really not out of order. I would say that Janet Hodgson is she's the most the lead. important member of the Hodgson family. That's true. So uh, Peggy Hodgson, though, is a single mother raising four kids. Uh, Janet becomes convinced that she sees something in her house very similar to the first movie you know she sees this thing lurking in the shadows she's the first one that kind of like gets freaked out by it and everybody else in the house thinks that she's just kind of crazy you have Mm -hmm. um you have billy who is bullied in school because he has a bit of a speech impediment and he gets bullied a lot and so the family kind of sticks together uh, a stutter stutter, yeah yeah. um and his he he has this, this cool tent sort of thing at the end of one hallway which will come back into play later on in the movie you you say cool, I say creepy as. Oh yeah, fuck. it is creepy as fuck. But <laughs> to a kid, it's it's cool. Kids don't see things as creepy. No, they, they just don't. don't. 
Um, they really don't. They need to wise up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, so that's Janet and Billy. There's also um, Margaret, who is uh, mm-hmm. the older daughter, and Johnny, who is another one of the sons. So they um, their dad basically uh, left them because he had an affair with the woman down the way. So he's out of the picture. Um, what a dick. And they start having the, this crazy shit happen. Uh, the ghost is in the house or whatever. Janet sees it. No one believes her until one night all shit goes, breaks loose, basically. And uh, the entire uh, family runs out of the house. They go next door to a neighbor's house. And this kind of jumpstarts the whole the whole movie, basically, the whole arcs of the movie. That was a really truncated... <laughs> fucking run down the movie basically nothing happens until one night everybody runs out of That's the house one of like my, there's one of my critiques of this movie it's too fucking long oh, the movie I, was almost I, two and a half hours it's, long it did not need it's to be pretty it's pretty long but like dude they they didn't there's even... a lot there's a lot going on you've got not only the story be, not only the story of the hodgson family going on but you also have the story of the warrens they're what, I said Hodgson, didn't I? I said Hobson. I said Hodgson. Okay. Maybe I said Hobson. I don't no, know. I just I just um, felt like everything was very long winded. It just didn't need to be as long as it was. They it was forty minutes before you saw the first like the first big supernatural thing happen. It was forty minutes into the movie. It was an hour and a half before the Warrens even showed up. I think to the why you, to the it just it just I felt like why, the whole first part why, of the movie when dragged. you watch a movie why do you pay attention to that like okay when was the first scare it was forty five no, minutes James in. I only pay attention like, to it not, because I felt like it took forever to get there so when it finally happens yes I'm gonna look but at the there clock was, and be like but there was so much so leading up was, to that there was so much was storytelling wasted, leading up to but that it, but it was long yeah, it was here's, long here's winded though. What I think's going on is what happened was it was all the kind of usual scares we've seen in The Conjuring. Not only The Conjuring, but the Insidious movies. This this actually felt like there's some parts that feel like an Insidious movie. Yeah. Which I was like, huh, interesting. Because both the first two Insidious movies, which were directed by James Wan, happened before this one. And he does similar tricks. There's at least two that I wrote down. And it's kind of like we've seen this. And you're waiting for something new to happen, and it, and it does kind of take its time to get to the new. Yeah. Is that okay. what you're kind yeah, of I d- thinking? I just thought like? the movie just didn't need to be as long as it was. It was almost two and a half hours long. It just didn't need to be. the The whole first, the yeah. first half of the movie, just took its sweet fucking time to get anywhere. Well, I like the Amityville. Like they do, they start off with Amityville because they mention Amityville at the end of the first yeah. one. And we've already seen Amityville. It's a movie. I was wondering if you could uh, take the remake of Amityville and slot it in between these two movies <laughs> and have it make sense. Well, Warrens don't come in to investigate, but other than that, yes. <laughs> the, well, in real, so. in real life, the Warrens didn't really come to investigate. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's one, of my, <laughs> really? one of my big the, critiques. The real, yeah. the real story of the Warrens it, it, regarding Amityville, like they set it up to make, to make it look like, oh, the church wants us to go check out this this uh this thing that's going on uh in what what was it um these that Rhode Island yeah. a- Amityville New York no, no Amityville was in New York oh, Rhode lo- Island lo- was was the first movie or Long Island they say Long Island what did they say Rhode I- they said somewhere yeah whatever whatever they they the 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 church wants us to go check out this thing that's going on and they make it seem like oh man the Warrens are on the case now right well 
in real life, they showed up, like Mike said earlier, uninvited. Yeah. At the Amityville, and they stayed for three days. It's the same thing with this case in England, too. They were in England for mm. a day. Like, every, like, the Warrens did not have a big presence in this Enfield poltergeist case at like, all. The guy, the guy who played, uh, so, um, Morris Gross yeah, Mo- in this Morris, movie? Morris, the, who the is living embodiment of a board game piece. My, uh, hands down, my favorite character in this entire movie was Morris Gross. That guy wasn't um, real. What was he? Like, like he, he seriously looks like a, like a, like the, a caricature did you see from real a board pic- game. <laughs> like, did you see real pictures of Morris Gross? He looks exactly the same. He looked exactly like him. But like, seriously, he that did. person he doesn't like, exist. He looked, like it, he looked like his mustache was pasted on crooked. <laughs> But he was he was my favorite character in the entire movie. I loved him as a character. I thought he was so good. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Morris Gross and his uh, his associate. um associate. I was going to say accomplice. His associate. They they were with the Hodgson the family time. for over a mm-hmm. year. They investigated mm. this thing for over a yeah. year, and then all of a sudden the Warrens showed up and stayed for a couple days. That's it. And then it became I, all about the yeah, war. Which is which you is know, bullshit. I can give it well in real life, yes. Yeah, I can give life. the conjuring two though a pass because like if you even think of it like a TV show, like each episode has a different haunted situation where the Warrens were involved. Yeah. I get they embellished in this. But oh, I, yes. I, it doesn't got, bother yeah, me that I don't, they kind of the I don't, made it I don't a view story. these movies as like this these are not I don't view these movies as uh, as like biographical movies at all about the Oh, Warrens. well they're not. Because right. I've, I I don't know a ton about the Warrens, but I've looked into them enough to know that they were not what these movies are portraying. Well, here's the as. thing. And this one in particular, That's... I didn't need to look into the Warrens because I can get, like Mike was saying, like it just didn't feel as believable as the first no. movie. It didn't scare the me thing as much. Is, the thing is, though, is the, the weird thing about the Enfield poltergeist that this is, the whole thing is based on, the whole story, is that um, everything in the movie is actually very, very accurate to what happened. The, the, the thing is, though, is that most people believe this was a giant hoax. It's pretty... Like, 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 the, a lot of the girls, and they even talk about this in the movie, the girls admit to faking things, and they actually put it in the movie how the girls mm. said... Oh, if oh, if yeah. I don't do get them to leave, then I'm going to kill your entire family. That was, I think, right. in the movie to explain why in real life the girls admitted to Fake faking some things. Stuff. Um, you know, the, the the whole thing of the girl floating above the bed in the movie. In real life, there's pictures of her in midair, but there's yeah, also but it. it's a sequence of pictures. And if you put those pictures back to back and do like a flip book, it looks like she's, she's just jumping. jumping off the bed. Like there's uh, they well, even say that in the movie. There's yeah, they, so they add that they stuff. Actually, they actually they actually re- like they jumping. actually recreated that pi- the real life picture in the movie yeah. pretty pretty spot they on. They did. Like that's what yeah. I'm saying. This, they really the did. stuff in the movie is very 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 close to what happened in real life. The big the big difference was the Warrens was the, the Warrens weren't there for fucking any of it. The the yeah. the the scene, Plus the scene, the where, the the end, scene right? where they have the girl put the water in her mouth, um, and they're all there doing that stuff. The scene where they're on the the, the couch and they're interviewing the uh, uh, Janet and her sister. All of that was done by um, Maurice and his associate. The oh, Warrens the weren't Warrens there weren't for there. any of that stuff. So this whole oh, story, okay. it's almost like plagiarism in a way. Like they took this other person's story 
and then made it all about the Warrens when the Warrens had literally nothing to do with it. Well, hold on. Correction real quick. That scene where... I, the scene with the water, yes, Ed and Lorraine were there, but this, the other scene you were talking about where she was on the couch, yeah. in the movie, Ed and Lorraine weren't there. Were they not there for that one? That, okay. No, that was the one where Touché. it was Morris, Gross, and and the, the, the dude from the television yeah, show. Oh, true. you're right. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I stand then there, corrected. And then there was that fucking naysayer. What was her name? Yeah, she was, uh, real, she was a real-life... Uh, character as well uh anita, anita gregory she pissed me off yeah but like the whole <laughs> i was like i was like just believe bitch <laughs> i don't know it's the, the whole story though is yeah. just so convoluted though by shoehorn the warrens yeah. into it it's like come on i don't know like i did i didn't feel like they were shoe like i didn't know anything of the true story i didn't feel like they were shoehorned in what i what i picked up on was like the first movie you have this witch, Bathsheba, who's like possessed by a demonic entity. And for some reason, that works yeah. for me. I can just I know like, what you're going to say. <laughs> that's freaky. And now it's like, I'm Bill Wilkins. I'm 72. And I wish mom wouldn't buy fags so I could have some biscuits like Billy. And he's like, oh my God, I'm not scared old, old of this man guy. Ghost is not scary. I'm sorry. It's a really lame character. <laughs> Until the twist well, at the end. On. Which is great. I mean, hold on, hold on. But what comes to light is the fact that this old, this poor old man is basically being held captive. Sure, sure the twist. By Valak. That's the but twist. Up until that point. It doesn't come till the third but up act. Up until that yeah. point, they're trying to build old man Bill as a scary character, and it just doesn't work. Well, <laughs> yeah, well there were scary but, moments. But there the scene, the scene, like, the scene where uh, the girl was holding the water in her mouth, and then, so. That was a cool scene. Was, this like so they had they had your focus on because of course the demon says I can't talk to you if you're facing me so everybody look away I mean you had to see right there that it was probably exactly. fake right and but, that was a real life thing but too. they look but they look away they look away for the sake of the movie they make it really awesome like I thought this scene was really cool because yeah. in the background you could see the blurred image More. of the little girl sitting in the rocker and then. Gradually, so you start. Too. Gradually, you start to see an old man sitting there. I actually didn't realize what they were doing. I had to rewind it because I'm like, wait a minute, did really? I miss something? Like, it looks like a different really? character now. Like, I, I, because I was focused on <laughs> Ed. I was focused on Ed. On he's yeah, in the yeah, forefront. Yeah. And so I actually, if I fast for, or rewound it on my uh, screen, you can actually see it frame by frame. And so you can actually yeah. see it like a flip book, the different, little bit different it's, every frame. It's weird. Yeah, it's cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It was a re- that was a cool shot. <laughs> so even though One even ca- though even though that scene was stupid, the way they did it was really cool. Like the characters, I thought were stupid. It was really cool. One yeah. One character that felt so fucking out of place, but was still cool. Um, but so out of place and not really meant for not really meant for this movie at all. But I understand what they're doing because they're trying to spin it off. Um, and also, it's awesome always to see Javier Botet do his thing because Javier Botet is Amazing. arguably the greatest creature actor ever. Next to Doug Jones. Uh, I, would say, I would say Javier Botet and Doug Jones are, are, mm-hmm. are, neck, and neck. are neck and neck. Long, even, long though neck neck. <laughs> even though Javier Batet's even though even though Javier Batet's neck is three feet above <laughs> Doug Jones's, um, the Crooked yeah. Man, like what yeah. a what so a weird a ass character. That was like I did it was not, like stop. It motion. was a, 
Yeah, it was. It, it well, looked it was, really. It cool. wasn't stop motion. It wasn't stop motion. It was meant to look like that. The the spinning the uh, what do you call those things? The crooked man. Yeah, the little yeah, like uh, a, toy. The top the, spinning top thing. Lighting yeah. toy. There's a there's a name for that, and it actually reminds it it's reminds me of the house. It's like a flip book. It, it really is. It reminds me You're of the ho- frames. It, it reminds me of that scene from the remake of the House on Haunted Hill, when Jeffrey Rush gets caught. Oh in the, yeah, and wasn't that John Hurt? <laughs> It was I think Jeffrey it was Jeffrey Rush. I think it was, I think it was William Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> um, but it's that it's that same. I think that's why they made the crooked man look like he was stop motion. But I thought that he actually looked animated, though. Like he didn't look like it was. A real person. That's just the the genius of Javier Botet, dude. No, 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 no. It's, they. It's, I think that they probably he probably. What I'm guessing what he did was he, they filmed him, and he did the motions very very slowly. Well, he starts and then, off and then as they, a dog, and then they sped it up. Yeah, to, he starts off as a dog, and yeah. then he grows into the crooked man. But the thing is, though, is that like when you see his character, though, his actual character doesn't look like a live actor. It looks yeah. like it's animated, but yeah, it's actually him. It's actually him. I know though. that it was played by him, but I think they did I something. I feel like no. there's some the CGI footage, added. I don't know. There was something added to the him. morph. No. The morph was CGI. The, well, the morph for sure. Like he obviously wasn't <sighs> a <know>. dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm it's... trying to explain. <laughs> no, I I think that I think that if there was anything that was going on with his character after that, it was it was it had everything to do with like. Uh, like at what speed they filmed it and then sped the footage up or whatever. But that, yeah. that was all Javier Batet. Like that guy yeah. can do shit with his body that is inhuman. Javier uh, Batet is awesome, but yeah, that definitely took me out of the movie. Yeah, it was like, just it a just weird... Was like, it was it, just It strange. didn't belong. It was completely out of place yeah. for this movie. Yeah. yeah. 100% out of place. And that's what I was talking about earlier when I said this movie's a lot more sensationalized. Mm-hmm. It, like, whereas the first movie was was gritty. It was like dark and gritty, sort of grounded it in was, reality. It was where all... You could st- actually believe it. Yeah, it was all stuff Nothing that you could have believed that it would have actually yeah. happened. And I actually had to double check that James Wan directed this one because that seems to me like a choice that a different director would have come in and changed. It felt like it. It felt like Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which came later, obviously. But... but it didn't feel like the same vision that James Wan had for the first movie, though. Yeah, That's why I had to double check. It felt like maybe it was a different a different director's spin on it. Well, I think, I think like I think like Mike was or Vito was saying earlier, it felt like he was pulling some insidious tricks in this one. Yeah, because there's in the beginning with the Amityville thing, he does like insidious stuff, like where the ghosts do that jump cut of their heads. Turning really quickly, yeah. As, that and, happens and, in Insidious all the time. In and the, like when she's in the middle of an astral projection, yeah, which is which is what uh, Patrick Wilson's character basically does to get to the further. In and there's a scene Insidious. where a character is just walking down the hall, and there's a steady cam behind it, and you see the the old man Wilkins sitting in the chair in the background. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. pulled from Insidious. Yeah, like, that's true. It's really 
yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's hard to argue because it's the same director. So you could argue that it's like, oh, this is a James Wan type of thing. Yeah. But it's only happened in Insidious up until this point. <laughs> it's like you can watch his progression, though. Okay. Oh, he found this trick here, and now he's using it. Down yeah, I felt like right. he was relying on some tricks that he just knew worked. Rather well, it's, than just like it's making kind of, Conjuring too. It's kind of like know. when you watch. It's kind of like when you watch certain aspects of the Saw movies, like that. That 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 360, uh, 360 camera that do, like that dolly shot that they do mm-hmm. around the characters, but then they speed the the shot up and then they'll slow it down real quick and speed the shot up and slow it down real quick. It's like a very specific signature sort of move, yeah. You know, and it makes sense when you have it all within one franchise. Yeah. But then when you try and sneak it into The Conjuring, well, it's, when it's yeah. something that you already used in Insidious, it just feels sort of out of place. It's like if they did that move in Conjuring 2. Right. <laughs> like did the right. Saw move, the, the 360 thing. Right. Speaking of signature styles, did anybody else get the impression? Like, so the beginning <clears> of the movie when um, Lorraine is sort of like in... In the further, so to speak, uh, when she's like in her, <laughs> she's kind of like in her trance or whatever. They're doing a thing in the Amityville house, and she's has like an out of body experience or whatever, and she's kind of going, yeah, that was actually really cool. The recreation oh, yeah. of yeah, the that was cool, was really fucking cool. So just to just, camera, just to just to fully explain it, because Mike just just charaded it to you. Uh, <laughs> she's she's actually a, like she's astral projecting. She's charading a shotgun. <laughs> she, right. She's astral projecting in the in the DeFeo house and she's um or I guess it would be the Lutz house at this point, right? The Lutz yeah. house. Um yeah. and she's walking around and she's essentially playing the role of uh George Lutz. The and, killer. And and miming cocking the shotgun and shooting but each of the kids in the family. The way the kids and the parents died, though, it was like a camera glitch. It's like just one a, second it's they're a jump sleeping, cut. and then yeah. secondly, yeah. they're jump cutting to being dead. It was yeah. really, really cool. But so she goes down <laughs> to the basement, though, and she sees this is the first time that she sees the nun, right? And mm-hmm. the nun is like like saying something to her, and she doesn't know what's going on. And then she sees Ed, who somehow at that point in time dies from that really awesome Sub Zero move where the ice comes out of the ground. <laughs> and, like, it's the and same thing him. I thought, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like is this a Mortal so, Kombat movie? Yeah, right. So so that's like a call uh well not call forward, I guess, something that's gonna have premonition of what's gonna happen at the end of the movie. Yeah. So cut to the end of the movie though. When Ed is in the house and he's trying to or he's trying to get into the house and he breaks the window with the brick and the couch comes flying towards the window. Did anybody else see the way that the camera was positioned and the way that all the cuts were and the way that things were flying? That was such a Sam Raimi group of shots. Yes, like that was straight. I out of didn't Evil think Dead of too. it at the time, but as soon as he started saying it, I knew exactly <laughs> what even, you were talking about. He even makes a weird face at one, like when the couch is coming towards him. There's a close up on Ed's face. Yeah, it was like Bruce Campbell, like a, like a like a dumb Bruce Campbell look. Yeah, like like, a, like an <laughs> totally. Sort of I think ex- yes, I think yes. you are exactly right. Yep. And it just because it was such a weird, weirdly animated set of shots, mm-hmm. just like like back to back, and then it goes right back to the rest of the movie. But I, I maybe maybe I'm just looking into that, but it absolutely reminded no, me. No, I that. think you're <laughs> right. I think that was a little homage. It's <laughs> funny. I didn't pick up on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, yeah, I, I just thought, I don't know. There was there were some redeeming parts of this movie. Like I thought it was a fun movie. I'll give it that. Like I didn't. Yeah, I, I okay. enjoyed it. So that's 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 what I was gonna say. My main takeaway was the f- the f- 
uh, The Conjuring 1 is a genuinely scary film. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring 2 is a genuinely entertaining film. Like, it, I, it I, is... I actually... I, I didn't think it was too long. Like, every part of it, I thought was... It was a long movie. It was. Yeah, I, I thought like it was every, unnecessarily every, long. Every part of it, I was having fun with. And that's yeah, the, you could and, have shaved I, off some minutes, but you probably twenty five yeah. minutes. You or probably so. could yeah, have, yeah. but that's yeah. the that's the thing is like I don't think I was ever genuinely scared during the second movie. No, I was just no because there's nothing to be scared about. There I, I was, was just like I was scared. just scary. I was just having a good time with it. Like I was like it, the I, tent <clears throat> when the little boys go into the tent in the fire truck, and I'm like, this is lame. Oh, and that then that yell, yep, that I sound jumped. of the yell, <laughs> yeah. and I jumped. I'm like, oh, that was, that was like me. the picture, the picture frames falling yeah. off of in the first yep. movie. That uh-huh. was like the same same deal. Did you speaking of the first movie? Did either of you guys notice the opening scene of of The Conjuring Two, where it takes place in the DeFeo Lutz house in Amityville? <clears throat> Was that the exact same set from the house they used in the first movie? It's the or exact they re- same recreated? Oh, yeah. It was the exact same layout, it, especially, though. Like, I'm fairly oh, yeah. certain it was the Those same windows. set. It was especially Those windows are iconic. To me, it was. To me, no, it was. No, 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 to no. me, it was the room behind. Like if you were walking through the front door, there was the staircase right in front of you, yes. and then a a, yeah. a a set of double doors to your right. Oh. I'm saying the layout into was like the same exact yeah. set. It's just that in the first movie it was the parent house, and in yeah. the second movie it was the DeFeo house. Yeah. Like it was the same exact set and everything. They just redecorated it. Hmm. Yeah, there's those iconic windows in the very first shot. Oh Obviously, yeah, that's for different. sure. But like, I noticed that right away. I was like, I think they shot this on this. They might have even shot this during the first movie or something. Yeah, that's conjecture. Well, it's also like it's also they were probably. I mean, I, I did they, not they, that. they were probably they were <laughs> yeah. probably they were probably uh, at that time working in a lot of houses that had been built during the same time period, mm-hmm. so they might have been laid it's, out it's similarly. Too. Just how like my house and John's house are exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. I guess that's true. <clears throat> but one but thing, were, but one was in England and no, no, one was in New York. No, one, one was, was in, in New Rhode York. Island. One was in Rhode yeah. Island. Yeah. yeah. One thing I did like about Conjuring Two was the there's a point where you you think because you've seen a lot of horror movies that everyone's not going to believe the little girl and like the mom comes in and then the dresser goes flying across the room yeah. so the mom's like freaks out and then the cops show up and you think the cops are not going to believe the mom but then a chair gets thrown across the room and yeah, the cops believe Yeah but that chair her. that fucking chair annoyed the hell out of me Why? because they're sitting there trying to figure out at first i think okay so they pull the chair the cops show up to investigate the house right then the one female cop says hey grab me a chair from the kitchen so they pull a chair out of the kitchen she stands on it and you're thinking oh she's gonna say it's the pipes or this and that the one guy says rats or whatever and then the chair just slowly moves down the hall back through the open doorway and crashes not not hard but kind of crashes into the kitchen table nobody freaks out they all just watch it and basically go they were speechless (laughs) i took it as they were speechless because the next shot yeah i took them while leaving i took it i took it more as i took it the kind of the same way Vito did like the next shot you see they're just walking out and the cops are just like well, nope, like we there's can't nothing we can do about that. We can't help with that. Well, my priest But the is... family that was so freaked out about the stuff that happened to her, you don't think they would have been like, look, look, she's right there. Like, well, they're they used to it. More hysterical. Yeah, the family's been living with it for like 
a couple just, months at this point. It just seems weird. It goes from a scene where they're literally screaming up in a bedroom because a dresser moved to then now this chair moves on its own. It's that's ah, old hat. Well, it's fucking that's <laughs> just, that's relatively weird. that's relatively innocuous I, compared to yeah. everything else that's going on. Yeah, I guess so. By the way, so when they figure out it's actually the twist, spoiler alert, it's the nun possessing the ghost of the old man possessing Janet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Damn it. They figure this out when they're on a bus. (laughs) Yeah, this is it is a very weird (laughs) threesome. Ed figures this Uh, out on a bus with as a Catholic, I'm gonna say it's not that weird. (laughs) Lots of lots of ectoplasm. Ed figures this out using tape recorders on a bus that has other passengers on it. Did anyone else think, like, what the hell are the passengers thinking? He's playing this, like, demonic recording. It won't let me go. It's like, did fucking, did we just create Daft Punk? What is this? The old man is a pawn. Um... Yeah, a anyway. lot of people in real life think this whole thing was faked, though. They think that the family, the the parent, or the, not the parent, the uh, Hodgson family <laughs> basically faked it, and that the girl was just kind of good at throwing her voice, they, like ventriloquist style or something like that. They play some of the real recordings at the end of the movie. Yeah, and it um, sounds they're also pretty edited. identical to what you just did. Right. Yeah. In fairness. But I'm also a 36-year-old man. Yeah, it didn't sound like, like something that could come the, out of a little girl. Yeah, like cuz yeah, that was that was one of the things like, oh, many people many many people or or it was discovered that Janet Hodgson was actually a very gifted ventriloquist and she could throw her voice and shit like that and she admitted to about 2% of of the haunting being fake. Yeah. And Which I'm was like, reflected on the movie. Which was reflected yeah. in the movie. But that recording that I heard at the end of the movie, like, obviously they play it up in the movie to where it's like, it's actually an old fucking cockney. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking Dennis Wilkinson. Fucking, <laughs> I, I died in the corner and I'm going to fucking kill you and your whole family. And it's like, yeah, that's not coming out of an 11 year old girl. But even the thing that they played at the end of the movie. That doesn't sound like an eleven-year-old girl to me. Yeah, I I That's haven't still looked up, up like the like original the... recording because it like I could tell there was some kind of editing going on with it during the credits even, but it was enough to like at least get get me to wonder like oh yeah that's freaky, but I, I would like... like to kind of look up the real recording like just without any editing. Can we talk about the the portion of the movie where there was no editing done though? That was the most impressive thing. Uh, Patrick Wilson's fucking Elvis voice. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I can yeah, that was... in love. He did it all his own singing for this movie, and uh, you know what? Guy's got the voice of an angel. Uh, you know, I can see and, people and, finding also, that part. And also, if I may. The pectorals of an angel, because I'm yeah, I'm still the, I'm still looking at his picture, number on three on IMDb. I have it up as well. I have it up as well, James. God, that dude's um, sexy. Sorry, I could see people finding that part cheesy. I actually liked liked it. Like I I thought I, I don't was know. In, I thought it was endearing. Movies. It was like it was I, yeah. Just like we were saying with the first family, they they went they integrated into the family, and he was just trying to make them feel normal for a little while. Yeah. 
Oh you yeah, don't that was see that a lot. Awesome. It's just like heartwarming, and it's you don't expect it in a movie like this, mm-hmm. which I think makes the scary part scarier. Right. But, except when the crooked man shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm trying to, i'm looking through my notes here to see if there's anything else more worthwhile that i want to talk about and I, there's really not a whole lot i think we've pretty much covered everything in terms of how we felt about it the second movie nowhere near as good as the first movie even though like it's it was it was it was super a couple percentage it wasn't bad it, it was, was super like, entertaining it was a good movie, as far as but a, it wasn't scary as like, far as I a, won't as far as a sequel goes again. like sequels Sequels are fucking hit or miss a lot of the times, right? Yeah. I actually enjoyed my second watch on this. Like, because I actually forgot the whole twist with the nun at the end. And I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. Oh, you like, oh, you I, forgot. I think you, you forgot yeah, the whole I totally did. Of the I'm like, I only remembered the old man. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't that scary. It's like, and I'm like, oh, it's the nun. Now I want to see the nun because I've not seen the nun or any of the Annabelles, by right. the way. I haven't either. I, no, I, I did. I, like I said earlier, the first movie was uh, was a better movie overall, and it was yeah. scarier, much scarier. I thought the second movie was entertaining as hell. Like I, I thought that I thought it had enough enough really good parts to it to where I was, I didn't feel bored at any point. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily scared out of my mind or anything like that, but I thought it was just good storytelling. Yeah, Mike. I there think, was a lot of. Cheese. I think it was there hyped was a lot of because the first movie. I think the second time you watch it, you might appreciate it more, just as a you know, and a, a well, decent horror movie. This, nothing was hyped at this point, though. <clears throat> I watched it so many years after. What? Well, this is the first time you watched it, right? Well, yeah, but there was no hype around it. Well, you I knew the Conjuring was good. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lost cause then. <laughs> hey. Whatever. Yeah, I, if you don't like it, don't watch it. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I liked both of these movies. I, I would say that I liked the first one better overall. I liked the second one a lot just because I thought it was entertaining and fun. Like maybe that's the thing is like you just after watching the first one and watching how amazing of a of a horror movie it was and like how how James Wan hit all the right beats with it. You went into the second one just kind of expecting those, not necessarily the same beats to be hit, but for those beats to be hit in the same way. Mm-hmm. And he really kind of, he really did something completely different with the second movie. Yeah, and I, I and I like I think you need I think you kind of need to detach yourself from the first movie to watch the second movie and really enjoy it for what it is because it is like way more unbelievable you kind of have to like make it good well it definitely makes me wonder what the third one's like i i I like i feel the third one's gonna be a lot more like the first one i hope so i I think i think the third one is gonna be a lot like emily rose which which because you know what the third one is right uh, I don't know the, the story. The, thir- the third one is is called "The Devil Made Me Do It." It's based it's based on the first person in U.S. history to use demonic possession as an excuse for committing a crime in trial. Oh. In trial in the eighties, it takes place. Oh, okay, in the so 80s. yeah, that that sounds very so, very much. So like it's gonna it's gonna be part. Rose, it's yeah. gonna be part. Uh, part. Um, I, I'm assuming part. Uh, um, courtroom Court, drama. Courtroom. 
Yeah. Mixed Which I'm with. Def- yeah. I love courtroom dramas. Yeah. So I mean, that's why that's that. why Emily Rose was so good. Like Emily mm-hmm. Rose is part courtroom drama mixed with port, part the scariest shit you've ever seen. <laughs> You're proving demonic and, and like uh, possession in a courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's that's freaking scary. Yeah. I hope that's not what my jury duty is. I have jury duty this week. Are you? What, what do you mean? You hope that's the, that would be amazing if you got on a jury where somebody I don't was want trying anything to, pr- to do with it, man. Oh, that would be so Pussy. cool. <laughs> and you're sequestered, and you're in some shitty little motel room, and you keep like every night you wake up at three a.m. and your clock stops, and there's weird shit going. That'd be so. And then fun, the demonic dude. entity starts haunting me. Yeah, no. that'd be fun. No, thank yeah. you. I am not welcoming that. And then you can sell your story to Hollywood and make a gajillion dollars. Or sell your story to well, us that's, that's, and make zero dollars, but it'll still be oh, fun. That's even better. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's it. Like These movies yep. are both on Netflix. Go watch them. Let us know what you think. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're kind of we're kicking off. I think that we uh, we we kind of settled on the idea of kicking off the Wanniverse here, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So at least I think one, you said maybe one a month. At least like once a month, we're gonna start digging into the Wanniverse, the Conjuring universe. Um, we'll do the eight films in the Conjuring universe, and then That'd we'll probably great. move on to the Insidious films. Even though you know we know that James Wan didn't direct all of the Insidious films, but I personally still kind of consider them part of the the umbrella. Well, it's you know? the Wanniverse is at least everything that I've ever heard. The Wanniverse is the Conjuring universe. The Conjuring the universe is not part of it. I know, but it's like I feel like the Insidious universe is more like the Wanelliverse. When <laughs> I feel like Lee Wanell that's had actually more to do with those than James Wan did. Well, James Wan well, directed Wan the, directed the first two. first two. Wanell wrote but, Winnell all of them. wrote all of them. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. And directed the first three or and directed the, Conjuring, the third one. And right. the Conjuring stuff Wanell had nothing to do with. Right. So. Yeah, so our idea is maybe uh, once a month we'll keep this rolling, get through the Wanniverse, and uh, just have a just have a real good time and have Vito back for it. So that's what yeah. you have to look forward to. It's going to be a good old so time. So join us or don't. Join us or don't. If you don't, we're going to fucking, we're going to, we literally we're didn't. do it anyway. We, we literally did not talk about Valak that entire time that we just discussed The Conjuring oh, 2. No, we talked about that. We talked about the character and how we didn't like her. <laughs> just not by name. Yeah. Actually, we didn't. No, but we really didn't. I like the nun. I like Valak. You did. didn't like it, Mike. No, I didn't like Valak at all. I thought it was I pretty Valak, cool. That, did you guys notice character. the Easter eggs? Yeah. Yeah. Did I knew, you? I knew about them beforehand though. So What? What? I don't know what you're talking about. There's a few scenes where uh, every time you see e- e- like a sign or something in the in the um, Warren house with a V in it, the V is capitalized and it's like really big and prominent. What? And then there's and then there's one scene. You know the scene where the right before the daughter sees Valak standing at the end of the the hallway. Yeah. When uh, you see Lorraine Warren sitting reading her book, there's um. Like there's a bookshelf right next to her. Since she's, it's right before she starts scribbling her uh, Bible. Well, it's right. It's before. Yeah. Yeah. Same scene. Yeah. Um, right. There's there's gold letters, like big gold letters, like wood cutout letters, on the shelves, and they're staggered. They're like on different parts of the shelf, but if you look at them from left to right, they spell out Valak. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. There's the the there's a, there's also there's also drawings that the daughter did. 
that say Valak in them. Yeah, oh, it, it's kind of oh, she's doing a she's doing a, a beaded she's making a beaded bracelet right before that scene. And if you look at one of the bracelets that's laying on the table, it says Valak. So yeah. the the I daughter if we can do the nun first and the first Annabelle, and then do the rest of the Annabelles. Because I'm I'm more interested well, in the nun now. The nun would be the <laughs> nun in La Llorona, probably. La La oh, La Llorona. I, that's kind of I had no idea that was a conjuring universe movie. Yeah. By the way. So yeah, we don't necessarily have to do these in order of the release because this as far as the stories go, uh the timeline, I think the nun actually happened first. I think it happened in the nineteen fifties. Oh, cool. So we could do that for, we could do that next if we wanted. We could do the nun yeah, and the Light Nun Yorona. and Annabelle, I believe, are both prequels to the conjuring movies. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. So. so, yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's it for The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, if you want to check them out. They're both on uh, Netflix, so, you know, uh-huh. do it. Uh, if you want to find us anytime before next week, you can find us on social media at The Buzzed Kill Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. We are available on all major streaming sites and anywhere you find podcasts. So uh, look us up. Tell a friend. Tell your grandmother. Tell your mother. Tell your auntie. Tell anybody who will listen. Um, you can find Vito at uh, www.onlyfans.com slash redheadrevenge. That's right. <laughs> I'm actually going to look that up later and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I'm in for but, a good uh, night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, it's good to have you back this week. Thank Vito, you, Vito. Thank you for joining us for another week. And uh, happy to do so. Yeah, we'll see you next next week. Adios, later, boys. <laughs>